0: Uh, hello, everyone. It's, uh, it's Bobby from the Come Play podcast here. Uh, we're doing a little bit of a uh, uh, monologue right now uh, before episode three here. Um, not one that we really wanted to do. Uh, not one that we would ever thought we'd have to do. But uh, as I'm sure most people are aware at this point uh, of the horrific events happening in Jacksonville, Florida. Um at the uh, men NFL nineteen uh, qualifiers, uh, a gunman whose name I will not mention, uh, came in with a firearm into the tournament while the match was going on and ended up killing two competitors as well as wounding ten people, and uh, before taking their life.
1: Um, as as it's it's been
0: a tough few days for the game of world as I'm sure you can imagine Um, I'm not going to talk about any uh, speculations or rumors or any of that Um, I know how these news cycles go Um, they are not there is a lot of false information that gets out Uh, and admittedly I've tried to keep distant from reading every quick tidbit about it because uh, I'm just kind of waiting for the final report on what actually happened So as I'm not going to talk about any motive, I know there's speculation out there. I'm not going to talk about that. Um, We just, uh, me and Tyler here simply wanted to uh, give our thoughts out to these uh, these families uh, who are uh, suffering as well as the esports community who are uh, going through a period of of, uh, grieving. Um, Since then, uh, EA has uh, cancelled future men qualifiers uh, at the moment. Uh, And they have also released a statement. Their CEO, uh, Andrew Wilson, uh, saying the following. "Uh, To our players in the gaming community, I wanted to share some thoughts about the horrific and senseless act of violence that occurred in Jacksonville at the Madden Competitive Gaming event. I know many of us, myself included, are filled with shock and grief. Our teams have been working nonstop to do what we can to respond to this terrible situation. First and foremost, it's unthinkable tragedy that Taylor Robertson and Elijah Clayton, two of our top Madden competitors, lost their lives in this way. They're respected, positive, and skilled competitors the epitome of the players and personalities at the heart of our community. Their love of competition was evident through their participation in our events over the past few years. We are committed to supporting Taylor and Elijah's families through this difficult time, and we send our deepest sympathies to their loved ones, those injured yesterday and to everyone affected. The event was a qualifying tournament for the Madden Classic, our first Madden EA Major competition of the season. While these qualifying events are operated independently by partners, we work with them to ensure competitive integrity and to gather feedback from players. We have made a decision to cancel our three remaining Man Classic Qualifier events while we run a comprehensive review of safety protocols for competitors and spectators. We will work with our partners and our internal teams to establish a consistent level of security at all of our gaming, competitive gaming events. We're all, we've all been deeply affected by what took place in Jacksonville. This is the first time we've had to confront something like this as an organization and I believe the first time our gaming community has dealt with a tragedy of this nature. Please take time to support each other through this challenging
1: time. Um... I
0: mean, he basically said it all. I mean, I'm not going to get into the politics of my. That's a whole nother thing. Um, And Tyler, I know you you probably had some words yourself.
2: Yeah. um, I felt like me and Bobby discussed this, and we felt like uh, as a gaming and uh, sports podcast, obviously, uh, this hit. um, And, you know, us covering news about stuff, too, we felt like we had to acknowledge it. Um, Yeah, just a horrific event. Definitely, uh, you know, hits home with us. And uh, you know, we like we Bobby said, we we're not going to get on here and talk politics. We just kind of wanted to get our, um, you know, we wanted to give our sympathy to the victims' family and everybody affected by the events. Uh, It, you know, it's a senseless act, and uh, yeah, we just wanted to um like i said just uh you know put our put ourselves out there and just say what we had to say about the event but um yeah prayers to the family uh the families of the victims and hopefully this something like this never happens again
0: we certainly hope so um nfl and uh that's also a release statement saying they're shocked at the will be signed by the horrific tra- tragedy in Jacksonville. Hearts go out to all those affected. And we are grateful for the first responders immediately at the scene. We support our partners at the A Sports and we'll continue to monitor developments with local law enforcement and uh Jaguars on our uh Shad Khan. uh release statement. Uh it's the you know, just for the record, the uh they wanted to make a point that they're not affiliated with the qualifier, but since it happening in Jacksonville, you know, they, they thought it was right for them to make a statement. Uh, it's possible to comprehend today's news. I'm heartbroken for the families and friends of the victims. I can only express my deepest condolences as we try to understand why and how this can happen, not only here, but anywhere. What I can say is I know today that lifelong Jacksonville residents have known forever. We are resilient, compassionate, and remarkably supportive of our neighbors and friends, particularly in the most trying occasion. The strategy will ask the best of all of us by know how we will respond. Uh, Redskins also our statement uh saying their hearts go out to those affected by today's tragedy in Jacksonville our thoughts and condolences with the fact of their families. And I'm sure many other organizations have made statements, um, but those are the ones that I have on me and I, I you know I wanted to read out. Um, like I said, um as I was saying earlier, we just wanted to get our our, our prayers
1: out. Um was well, a census act. Uh, I hope uh those affected will find their peace. And
0: I hope that we never have to do another monologue like this again because this sucks. Um, you know, two innocent people have died, ten uh, more innocent people got hurt. Uh, didn't need to be this way. Uh, I just I just hope that we will get to a point where everyone can game or just live their lives without having to worry about things like this happening. Um, just a chance of day. But we are going to continue on with our, you know, regular schedule podcast where we're going to talk about some fun things. You know, we're going to talk about we, we gave our NFL season previews, which is uh, pretty fun. If you ask me, um, it, was a, it was a good time recording it, but we definitely needed to come on here and kind of air our gave it. So, uh, again, thoughts first to all those affected and uh, hopefully something changes out of this. Uh, thank you for listening and let's just get right into uh, episode three.
2: everybody and welcome back to the Come Play Podcast. On this episode we're going to talk about the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer. We're going to talk about the Urban Meyer uh, investigation and we're going to have our NFL season preview. uh, AFC and NFC, we'll kind of get into everything. And here with me today are Bobby. Hello. (laughs) Brendy. And Zach is back. What's going on guys? So yeah, we have some uh, sports stuff today, a lot of it, uh, but we did want to start off with the uh, some video game stuff. Uh big thing that happened is the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer was dropped, I believe, last week from when we're recording, and uh, it looks awesome. <laughs> it's my first impression. So what do you guys, uh, I know you all watch it, so what do you guys, uh, what are your guys thoughts? So goddamn pretty, dear god. It looks
3: really
0: nice.
2: um... Obviously,
3: it it looks beautiful, but uh, I mean, trailers are always going to be trailers like that, especially from Rockstar. They tend to make it a little bit more prettier. It's it's a production. Wow, good job, Zach. Yeah, Um, (laughs) it tends to be more beautiful than it actually is in game, Mm -hmm. which is fine because as long as it's a fun game, I'm not really too worried about graphics, right? Like, especially like super realistic graphics, you know, that's something. That, like, a game like Battlefield has sort of become gimmicky to me. Yeah, it's pretty, but it's just a shooter. It's. Right. I I don't really get excited for Battlefield anymore because they put more into the visual aspect as opposed to the actual Mm -hmm. gameplay and all that stuff. But I think, I think Red Dead 2 is going to be really good.
2: Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. Like, I, I think that was everybody's first impression was how, um, How good it looked. Like, it looks, it just, it looks like real life, man. Like, more than anything. And, uh, I think that was everybody's first impressions. I was telling the guys yesterday that I think that's the only video game trailer when you go to, like, the video on YouTube that basically every comment in the comments section was positive, which is, like, not, you know, usually you have people bashing it for whatever reason
1: opposite of Infinite Warfare, basically.
2: Yeah, right. no, but it was just, it was funny, like, you read down, you're like, so used to negative comments, I've been reading down, I'm like, this game looks awesome, this, this is so beautiful, so it's good to see. Um, I mean, Rockstar, uh, I always love the products they put, put out, they put a lot of time into it, and just, like, love the free roam aspect of their game, so.
3: Absolutely, man, I like, I played, uh, I played Grand Theft Auto 4 so much, Mm-hmm. I put so many hours into that game and 90% of me playing the game was driving around the airport and doing the swing set glitch and that yeah, was I remember hours, that. Of fun, yeah, hours yeah. and hours of fun doing yeah, that. that. And then GTA 5 came out and they actually had you know stuff to do with your friends who made it more they just gave you more things to do in GTA 5 and that's what I'm looking forward to about Red Dead 2 because it's sort of the same in Red Dead one where they, they had multiplayer, but it wasn't really much to do. You're just mm-hmm. kind of free roaming, you know, riding a horse off of a cliff or whatever it is that you <laughs> want to do with your friends. But yeah. I think uh, Red Dead 2 is going to be improved, especially in the uh, sort of this things to do aspect.
2: So, one of the things about Rockstar that I think is kind of funny is like the things you can actually do in game. Like, I remember with Red Dead 1, you know, you could play like poker and like, um, I forget nice. what it's called, but like, when you put your hand out and you like, you do the knife between Five your finger filet. Yeah. There you, like you could do that. In yeah. There. I remember that. So like, and then I'm trying to think in GTA, um, like some of the things they had as well. Like, it, like, you know, you could play like golf, like in the game. <laughs> like, so it's the stuff that, that, uh, Rockstar adds that is, mm. uh, it, it's really good, and like I said, they always put out good content. So we are definitely looking for that, and it looks like a lot of people are too. Um, just going by the, uh, you know, what I saw on the YouTube comments. So um, yeah, that was the first thing we wanted to talk about video game wise. Second thing was kind of a big controversy. Um, I don't know if it was taken out of context. Uh, no. That's what I like. You know, a lot of people had their own views on it, but uh, it's Ninja um on his the story that came out essentially is that he didn't want to play with female gamers and um obviously a lot of people took that and ran with it. Uh you guys I think Bobby and mm-hmm. Brendy especially definitely have more info um on this than me so I kinda let you guys take the reins on it. But yeah,
0: so if I can explain so basically what he was saying uh he was basically saying that he doesn't stream with female streamers to avoid any controversy between them or him and whatever female streamer he's with. Because if he's actually kind of smart, and I'll explain my position on it in a second, but it's you know, he's kind of the biggest name in online entertainment right now, he's massive, right? So, and he's fully aware of meme culture online and how clips of his videos will get posted on YouTube, uh, and stuff like that. So say he plays the female streamer and there's something he says or does that even has like a hint of flirting with this female streamer, it's going to get clipped and asked about and completely ran down for basically ever. And it's always going to happen. So to kind of cut that out and to avoid himself and his wife, uh, of any drama related to that he just doesn't stream female gamers that has nothing to do with sexism or anything like that because I, you know, I had my, my twitter feed was pretty split we had half who were saying it's sexist and uh or that you know he's in such a position where he could promote uh female gamers and female streamers that kind of thing and then you have the other side basically saying what I just said, where, you know, he's just trying to avoid the drama. And, you know, he came out with a statement later saying, look, my family comes first. You know, there's a, there, we, you know, me and my wife enjoy a lot of female streamers that just to avoid drama. And his wife supports this decision, you know, it, it, it's, it's just to, to avoid any of the crap. Obviously, you know, people could say, oh, well, he can just ignore it. Well, you're a big public figure. It's kind of hard to ignore. You know what I mean? There's a lot of noise going around Ninja right now. Right. And, so any issue that happens, it's it's gonna it's gonna annoy him a little bit.
1: And like, what happens like when he actually does decide to stream with a uh, with a female, like with a female Twitch streamer? You know, he'll like make one like probably like slightly like flirty comment, like not like hitting on, but like just it's just how girls and guys talk, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's going to happen next? You're going to see a video on YouTube saying, hey, what's up, guys? It's scarce here. It, like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is not worth all that. I don't think it's worth all that drama. Um, like, I'm not, not necessarily sure if he worded it the right way. Uh, and to be honest, I'm not even sure why... He even really talked about it like was he like specifically asked
0: I believe he was asked uh, it was a, it was a certain website that interviewed him know about it and the problem with it was of course the headline was ninja I don't play with female gamers <laughs> So you had to actually go into the article to actually read the full statement which had to do with him streaming with female gamers and he in the interview did explain his position and why he uh, did it and then own- had to actually clarify again a little bit later
2: by the yeah. way, just for the record, the uh, interview is with the video game website Polygon. That's, that's right. That's right. That's
0: Polygon. Right.
3: So,
2: let me give you a bit of an alternate take on this. <laughs> okay.
3: So uh I first of all, I want to make it clear that I don't think he was sexist for saying he doesn't want to stream with female gamers. Um but I I disagree with that cuz I mean, he's a fully grown adult, like he can and it also kind of insinuates that men and women can't just be friends. Right. Yeah. So I think it's sort of like a path down the middle or like here. He could, I feel like he could play with female streamers, but people are saying that he's sexist because he won't, because he wants to just, you know, keep peace in his home between him and his wife, which I understand. I honestly don't think his wife would really
1: care that much. I, I would, I think the issue is more so like the,
3: um, like the media and like his fans. Right, right. I mean, the media is always going to blow stuff up to make it, you know, mm-hmm. a lot bigger deal than it is. Right. I don't think his wife can give a shit about who he plays with, to be honest. I see where he's coming from, but I disagree and I think it's not that big of a deal and he should just play with female streamers.
0: Yeah. You just, you know, we, here's the thing though. We also have to remember we're, we're not in his position,
3: right? That's we, true.
0: we are not, we are not these huge, you know, this big public figure, right? Who has millions upon millions of fans and constant media attention and stuff like that. So like he said, I'm looking at the interview now and you know, he says, I don't play with female gamers. If I have one conversation with one female streamer where we're playing with one another. And even if there's a hint of flirting that is going to be taken and going to be put on every single video and be clickbait forever. And he is absolutely right. It happens all the time. There are channels, there are YouTube channels dedicated to Twitch clips. Like there's one for Dr. Disrespect for, random funny things that he did or any drama filled moments that happened on Twitch. There are YouTube channels dedicated to it. So if he plays the female streamer and there's something that can be taken as a flirtatious moment, it will end up on one of those channels. It will get millions of views and it will draw attention to him and his wife. His wife is also a public figure. He's very active on Twitter. She has her own thing going on. So she's probably going to get harassed too, which he obviously, you know, as her husband does not want. So you kind of have to keep that in mind. Like you know, we're 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 right now we're a group of people who don't get much media attention right now. So we can easily say, okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna listen to what the the uh, fans are saying, right? right like, we're not gonna this listen to what our really, five views are saying, <laughs> right? Exactly, and this is it's the equivalent basically of a whole like whole arena of people screaming at him. That's that's how you have to look at it. So it, it's an interesting uh it's an interesting thing i see i see why and i i definitely respect you know it, it's in the end day it's for his family and it's really hard to knock a guy for doing something for his family first you know ahead of his career you really can't knock a guy like that
3: i do want to ask though isn't there other like streamers that will, will play with female streamers that most do around Must do. you know and those guys have you know a similar following to ninja you know ninja is probably one of the Largest Twitch streamers, you know, you can fact check me on that, but he's definitely out there for one of the biggest. Yeah, for sure. You right know, just-
0: now, right now, Ninja's number one. Um, and, and I think he, I forget, there's a certain stat that he has. I think it's like the most followers or something like that on Twitch. Right. That I can't, I can't quite remember, but you know, he's kind of top dog right now. Um,
3: so I, I want to know what's, you know, what's the other, what's the takes on the other guys that are streaming, you know, that have a similarly large following, you know, will they? play with other female streamers
0: i can't person really yeah well i can't speak so i mean definitely some of the bigger guys like okay let's think i don't know shroud um summit um those guys they've definitely done streams with (laughs) females in the past and they haven't had to come out with a thing like this you know what i mean um but you're you're right in a sense that most of the time it's uh you know a group of guys streaming together you know what i mean so you know shrapnel play with summit or something like that um i don't watch the scenes regularly by the way so if i'm wrong about anything people uh who are listening can feel free to correct me but uh that's kind of part of why some people were mad at ninja for the comments like well you could promote female streamers you know so they can get a bigger following and be more accepted and this that and the other thing so that that was the other side of the argument that he had the potential to be an advocate for female streamers, you know, getting a similar type of fame, right? Like some of the, you know, one of the biggest streamers. There are full-time female Twitch streamers out there, and a lot of them are very, very good. I follow a few of them. Uh, You know, they're nowhere on Ninja's level, I guess, in terms of popularity or numbers, but their content is just as good, you know what I mean? So it's, you know, he he had a chance to be an advocate, I guess. That's what people were really pinning down on him as well.
3: I guess I'm saying it seems silly that to me that he can't work with a woman like professionally. I don't I and don't wanna
0: I don't wanna work with a woman
1: because she's a woman. I wanna work with a woman because I feel like she would be fun to work
3: with.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that, That's, that's the where thing.
3: I, that's where I disagree because you know, I don't you know, I don't show up to my job in the kitchen, you know, not wanting to work with a woman because I wouldn't <laughs> want it to get weird. Right.
0: Not. Right, everybody, which, which no matter what gender.
3: I, I am stretching the comparison because I understand, like, like you were saying, he does have the large following.
0: Yeah, it's it's a, it, you know, you it, it. He was really in a lose lose scenario in this interview right. and in this situation, so you know he chose the best scenario that was beneficial to him and his family. And like I said, it's really hard to knock a guy for making that decision.
2: Yeah, you got to respect that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I just think with the scrutiny of the public, especially with a figure that big, he' I'm not gonna say. He's, he, I guess the word, the term, would not be hedging his bet, but he's just trying to. I, I just think he wants to avoid the controversy mainly, yep. and absolutely.
0: That's it. That's it. Unfortunately,
2: it did the exact opposite.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the you know the, the, the tagline for the interview is like the only way to avoid any rumors is not play with them at all. So he he's yeah. it's all or nothing.
2: Yeah, Perfect. so, um, you know, that was our thing on Ninja, because it was a pretty big story, especially, I remember seeing, like, when the story came out, a lot of people talking about it. Um, So, there you go. We got our daily dose of video games in. We apologize right now. It's kind of dead
3: <laughs> on the <laughs> video
2: game front right now. Like, I, I want to, I'm hoping, like, in the fall, when you start to get your, like, Black Ops and stuff out, Um, that there's going to be more content, you would think, at least. Cause, you know, with video games, usually releasing, it, usually the big ones releasing in the fall. We'll yeah. hopefully have more content on that. But I've
1: already got playoffs for pre-ordered, and I'm ready for that shit.
2: Mm. I I uh, played the beta, and it was good. So you know, I'll be getting on that too. But anyway, we're gonna move on to um, some sports stuff now. Uh, before we get to all the NFL stuff um, or NFL and college football stuff, rather, we're going to talk about the. Um, Okuna for, uh, I'm trying to think of his first name. Why did I just play? Ronald Okuna Jr. Yeah, Ronald Okuna Jr. Yeah. The, uh, hit by pitch, uh, controversy, um, that really sparked, <laughs> <coughs> excuse me, sparked some conversation. Um, if you guys didn't see, uh, Braves are playing the Marlins about, what was it a week and a half ago, you'd say?
0: Um, or, about a week yeah. ago. Yeah, I'd say, yeah. That, say
2: about that. Uh, Bottom of the first inning, Kuna comes off the bat and gets drilled right in the elbow. Very first uh, pitch,
0: ninety some mile per hour fastball.
2: Yeah, uh, and it was it set off a lot of people I, for good reason. I mean, um, you know, we have seen like the dugouts clear that game, and Brendy, being the Braves fan, I want to get your You as the first reaction, because I know you have a lot to say about this. So the the floor is yours.
1: So just give a little bit of background on why the hit by pitch even happened. Um, So Ronald Acuna was brought up to the uh, to the majors this season. Uh, And like, let's say like the first half of the season, um, not necessarily like anything impressive. Like he had a few homers um, and had about like a. I'd like to say maybe like a two forty two fifty batting average. Um, so, like, nothing impressive, but, like, pretty good for, like, a rookie, I guess. Then all of a sudden, the the second half of the season rolls around, the, the man is lights out. Like, he's hitting bombs left and right. Uh, and the um, series against the Marlins in particular, I think he was, like, at 19 or 20 homers by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, the series starts, and the first two games, he hits leadoff home runs. Uh, like very, like very first swing, very first pitch, uh, hits him out of the ballpark. And the mm-hmm. third, the third game, uh, we're all thinking like, oh, sh- the third game, we're all thinking, oh shit, you know, it's gonna happen again. And like, I remember I was in the kitchen making fucking tacos with my girlfriend, and I was like <laughs> watching the game. And the first pitch I see, he gets fucking drilled in the elbow. And I'm like, oh shit. Well, that's intentional. Um, and. I the thing that frustrated me the like right at the beginning was like he wasn't thrown out right away like it took like discussion by the umpires to eventually throw him out but I I don't see how that was um anything but intentional um but I'm I'm glad that uh you know he's I'm glad he's okay and he actually hit a he hit a home run uh, yesterday lead off as well or it may not, may not have been lead off but it was a pretty big blast, so, to say the least.
2: Yeah, and the Braves, obviously having their... um not where people thought they would be at the beginning of the season, that's for sure. A lot of experts having... Oh, absolutely. Fans. I did not
1: expect the Braves to be this good, by the I way, know, I, as a hardcore Braves fan.
2: Yeah, nobody honestly did, but their, their star prospects are kind of, you know, they're shining, so uh, it's good for the Braves, but... uh I guess a real quick discussion going on that point, like what do you guys think of the like intentionally hitting somebody? Like for the reason that like the Marlins did here, like, um, you know, what's your, cause my whole thing about it is like, dude, these guys are throwing like 95 plus basketballs at these guys drilling on, them, drilling them on purpose. And like it, Dude, like, it's not like – and then if the batter comes back and attacks you with a bat, he'll get suspended for the rest of his life. But you just threw a ball, a hard ball, 95 miles per hour at this guy to hurt him. Like, I just never I, – I think there should be a bigger suspension than usual with the hit-by-pitch stuff. But uh, Yeah, him, he was only suspended
1: six games, which, uh, is one which start. he was going to appeal, but he eventually dropped the appeal. But six games is basically just one start.
2: Yeah, one start. So, yeah, I, I just, it's just like crazy. Like, the, the people that do it intentionally, I just feel like should be suspended for longer. Because, like I said, I mean that could really hurt somebody. And especially like where Acuna got it, like on the elbow. Like you can fracture somebody's elbow, and then there goes their season. So, um, yeah, my, it's just that's kind of my take on it. I think it's crazy, man. Like, uh, I think he probably should have got suspended a little bit longer, but Yeah, well <laughs> I'm I'm
1: glad he's probably the most hated player in the league now.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right. All right, let's uh, move on to some NFL stuff here. Just some quick little topics here. Uh Adrian Peterson, uh signing with the Redskins, filling a void there, um with uh Redskins rookie Darius Geis tearing his ACL in preseason and will be after the season. Right. Uh they, so they sign him. He's thirty three years old. A lot of people think he's done. Um You know, and, and this will pr- obviously it's it's a one year deal, so th- it's going to only be for this season. But what do you guys think of this signing?
3: Um,
1: it's going to be hard to tell because it'll either be let's be real, it it'll either be a great signing or like just a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> um. If if I were to take a guess, though, I would probably say, and you guys are free to disagree, uh, I'd probably say it's um, a giant waste of time. I don't see him going back, like, not necessarily even going back to his old Minnesota form, just I don't see him being productive at all, really. But that is just my personal take.
2: Yeah, I, I think, the so the other thing about it is, too, I think the Redskins are in for a pretty rough season I mean I that's at least my um we'll get into that later but I think that's my prediction just because obviously they lost Kirk Cousins to Minnesota over the offseason they have a new quarterback in Alex Smith who is proven but they don't have much pieces around them um honestly I you know this I agree with you I I think like this could be one of those. Cause like when he signed with the, uh, saints last year, which lasted what five or six weeks until he got traded. Um, mm-hmm. he basically did nothing. He also wasn't getting the touches that he wanted, but that's beside the point. And then he went to the Cardinals and for a few weeks, like he had like, I think he had like 200 plus yard games in a row. So this guy, you know, the thing about the running back position, as we all know, is that, um, They take a beating. (laughs) So uh, this guy's 33. Um, That's old for a running back in running back here. So uh, we'll see how long, you know, he can um, endure it. They do have Chris Thompson uh, still there, um, who is like their third down running back, catching uh, back out of the backfield kind of um, player. Um, So, you know, he's not on his own there, but uh, just an interesting thing. Um, I don't know, I haven't seen, I like, I looked just recently, and I actually haven't found, like, the actual number, but I do know it's a one-year deal. So, um, yeah, uh, Redskins get him, and we'll see how that works out. Right, it, and- it's
1: it's funny, really quick, it's funny that you mentioned that um, the Cardinals, right? It, it's funny you mentioned them, because, like, the Cardinals, y- usually a team with a good offensive line is going to have a pretty good quarterback, but the Cardinals offensive line is not good at all. Yeah, well. Uh, and he still I, had a pretty, like, okay season with
2: them. That, yeah, I mean, the, the Cardinals' problem last year is obviously their all stars David Johnson. And he went down in week two or week three, I think. Right. I mean, after the whole year. That was the whole point of the trade. But, yeah, you're right. Like, um, they don't have a good offensive line. Uh, and he did decent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I mean, for the time he was there, he did all right. Yeah, so, um, it's interesting. I mean, we know, you know, I'll obviously always remember Burr Peterson for his Minnesota days where literally, he was a, like an MVP like candidate essentially every season. Like, this guy was just running wild. Obviously, he had the incident with the, his son and then it's kind of been down no from there. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, Maybe this is a bounce back from you. Never know.
1: Yeah, we'll, um, we'll just have to wait and see.
2: Yep. And uh, the next uh, football topic we're going to talk about is a—it's a controversial one to say the least. Um, there was a report that came out um, it within, you know, since the last time we were recording that uh, John Elway, the, the uh president or not the president, I'm um, sorry, the GM, Jesus, of the Denver Broncos, my favorite team. Uh basically had an interview uh in a press conference and said about offering Colin Colin Kaepernick contract. And of course this blew up because we all know Colin Kaepernick, the controversy there, um with the anthem and you know, he sued the league for basically saying that like they were colluding against him and like wouldn't sign sign him, So mm-hmm. There is now. Here's the problem, and I, and I'll explain where I came from. Like when I first seen this this title, I'm like, wow. Because like again, I'm a Broncos fan, and trust me, the last two years with quarterback has been hell. Like I would I would have put my like grandmother out there over Trevor Simeon. So, like <laughs> like the fact that they were saying about offering him a contract, but. Uh, what I've read since, um, because when I first started reading, it was like, oh, they offered him a contract, but I didn't say when. Since reading more, um, more articles about it, uh, essentially back in 2016, when Kaepernick was still in the 49ers, uh, and this was before the kneeling situation, which is key in this. Uh, the Broncos were trying to, uh, restructure. They were, they were talking contract with him. to so basically restructure his contract so they could make a trade with the 49ers to get him there and he could be on a different contract. Um, of course that wasn't essentially said right away. They just said the Broncos offered him a contract and obviously that made people go crazy. <laughs> um, but I want to get your guys thoughts on, on this, uh, I, from what I've seen, it's it's the same thing as before. You got your two sides, right? You got the guys that think Kaepernick deserves a job, um, despite his, you know, like what's going on uh, off the field. I'll I'll say, even though it's technically is on the field, and then you still got the guys that are just like anti Colin Kaepernick. He doesn't belong. Blah blah blah. And what like. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's some teams you, where you think like they could use help a quarterback, but uh like w- what are your guys thoughts on this?
1: Um uh, well, um I'll I'll just say my thoughts really quickly. Um so like obviously I'm not ne- I'm not anti Colin Kaepernick. I'm just I want to make that clear, but I'm not necessarily sure if like I- I'm I'll be completely honest, like I don't necessarily believe that the NFL is, like, colluding against him to, like, not sign him, but I don't think any NFL team wants that kind of, um, you know, heavy baggage on a quarterback that, like, may or may not, um, be good anymore, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Bobby, your thoughts?
3: Uh, so, uh, I,
0: Gap makes a weird situation. I mean, most of it is like we were talking about before that you know he he became a political player right whether you agree or disagree with him he's making noise right and him being the face of any team is gonna create some drama from the fan base uh among other things he'll have a spotlight on him all the time that being said right um He, if he's, uh, you know, we were talking about him being signed as maybe a backup or whatever, and he's also made clear that uh, he wants to be a starter, which doesn't seem likely at this point. But in the situation that he's good enough to be a starter, I don't see why anyone wouldn't sign him if he was as good as he was early in his career, right? I, um, if he was, let's say he's was one of the best starting quarterbacks in recent years, right? I have no doubt that a team would sign him. But it seems to me now that a team cannot justify uh you know, they don't think he's worth the extra noise. Yeah. Like I agree. they're not going to get a full payout. Right. <laughs> like if this was someone like you know, or uh, like the Tom Brady or Carson Wentz or Nick Foles or whoever, right. You know, top quarterback in the league right now, uh, th- this might be a different story and he might be signed somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, but because he's not this stellar quarterback anymore, it, there's no justification and it's not worth the price they're putting into him to be signed by any team.
2: Yeah. Like I-, I totally agree. And I think, I think, honestly, um, I know there's definitely some owners and GMs that have been outspoken about, like, they don't agree with him. But there's also some that I've heard that kind of agree with what's going on. So, like, I, and he's still not signed. So it's not a case of, well, everybody disagrees with him kind of thing. It's more of, again, you're basically going to be paying what's a fringe starter backup quarterback excuse me, um, for all the attention with it. So I think that's honestly the biggest problem. Um, by the way, just going back on the point with the Broncos, um, like I was saying before, um, they were agreeing on a pay cut, essentially. They were trying to reconstruct his contract when he was still on the 49ers so they could make a trade. Um, and that didn't work out. And then later that year during the preseason, that's when his process started. Um <sighs> So yeah, we—it was just an interesting story that came out. Again, you have to really look into these because, of course, the headline was—you know—Kaepernick offered a contract and didn't accept it. it. Didn't say when or anything. So, like, you do have to look into this. But, um, you know, that was a pretty big story uh, earlier in the week, and just kind of wanted to give our thoughts on it.
0: Quick, um, uh, quick, quick, quick
2: thing—just
0: mm-hmm. for everybody. Please, dear God, read past the headline. Yeah, I know any for, story. For everything. Please, yeah, I Everything. Know. Please, dear God. Because, um, uh, listen, I hate, I, if, if, if you could just, if you could just bear with me for this, this hot take that I'm about to give here oh for a moment. I, please, dear God, read past the headlines. The headlines are meant for you to click, and it does, I want you to actually click. I, follow the clickbait if you absolutely have to for stories like this. Please, dear God, read the article. Get informed. Please, dear God, because the headline does not explain the whole story and it takes things out of context. I don't think this is new information to anyone, but you saying that kind of triggered it a little bit. Like, please, dear God, if you're listening, please do the research. Dear God, it, 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 please. Okay, I'm done.
2: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, now we're going to move on to our last uh, NFL story before we do our preview a little later um well actually two st-
0: well one yeah, story yeah, and i could end
2: that yeah 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 so actually just you know don't listen to what <laughs> i just said uh anyway Des bryant uh formerly of the dallas cowboys um is still a free agent as of uh august 24th and the season is coming upon us and obviously there's some teams interested in them uh we've seen the browns uh be very interested just recently the Patriots uh became you know were very interested they actually released Kenny Britt uh in order to open up a slot. Like that's what people are saying at least. Now I don't know if you guys watch Hard Knocks, the uh football series on HBO, but they actually had like a uh you know a part of the show where he came in and he was talking to the uh management of, of the Browns and getting shown around the facility and it was funny because when you're watching this, like he and I don't know if this is like this for everybody, but maybe and also it could have had to do with the cameras being around. But he just looked happy to be there, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is kind of funny. Now, the thing about it is that he left without a contract. So I don't know how much that actually meant, but uh, there's still the, uh, you know, there's still interest for tuning to. Uh, actually, I have an a article here from NFL dot com. Uh, This was from yesterday, uh, from recording, August 23rd, saying that the two still have mutual interest. Um, Mm. So, you know, him leaving without a contract doesn't necessarily mean that they're done. Uh, But, you know, for right now, they are... uh, Obviously, he's not signed. And then the interesting thing that came out this week is... I don't know what it was on. It was on one of his social medias. But essentially, he was buttering up Tom Brady, saying that he was, Mm -hmm. you know, he's one of the best players of all time, and he was, like, one of his favorite players to watch. Uh, Bobby, being the Patriots fan, you guys lost uh, Danny Amendola to the Dolphins uh, this offseason. Edelman is suspended the first four games, I think, correct?
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Okay.
2: And then they just cut Malcolm Mitchell. So (laughs) – there, there's some holes there. uh What do you think? You know, do you want Des Bryant? uh We've seen, you know, he was one of the best wide receivers in the league a couple of years ago. And now it's kind of, he's been a lot of hype, but not a lot of production. So, what are your thoughts on that? Like, if he was to go to the Patriots?
0: Uh, <laughs> this, this, I will preface this by saying I may have a little bit of bias on this, but I think I have some grounds to do so. Um, it's the thing. The, I, I, I said this to you uh yesterday when we, we started talking about this that um it, it's just gonna be weird to see Des Bryant in a past jersey. I it I because just how <laughs> I, I how I associate him with the Cowboys and I'm not a fan of the Cowboys at all. So it would be weird to see him there. Um here's the thing uh yes he's he's been a very good wide receiver in the past. He has not had some productive years recently but um I definitely think that if he were to play for New England, I think his production would jump up because, and again, just think who's throwing to him, right? The like, greatest
2: quarterback of all time, and exactly. I'm, and I'm a Broncos fan who loves Peyton Manning, but Tom Brady, the goat.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. And it's it's. I mean, you look at who uh, the targets that Brady has had: Edelman, Mitchell, uh, Danny Mcdole, mm-hmm. and you got a guy like Edelman, like you know. Sorting fast, and he's Brady's hitting a dead chest like from from yeah. deep, right? And Des Bryant has enough skill to still be able to get open, right? So, as long right. as he's able to run his route and get open, Brady's gonna hit him. So, he'll get yardage. I definitely think if he's not with England, he's getting the yardage. And honestly, it would be a good hole to fill, especially for the first few weeks uh, with Edelman out. But then, once Edelman comes out, it's gonna be just like it, we had, we still had Amandola and Malcolm Mitchell, two really good receivers along with Gronk on tight end. You know, he's got targets. So yeah. he's yeah. going to have those targets, and you're going to see Des Bryant probably be one of the top targets that Brady's going to have, like maybe top two. You never yeah. know.
2: I mean, Des Bryant is a red zone threat. Like that's his biggest thing now because he can go up and get them. <laughs> right. Um,
0: and then Edelman can play deep. He's a deep target, and then you have Gronk hitting the slot. So, oh,
2: and and I just pulled up the Patriots depth chart, and you know I was saying about them losing like all the wider receivers they do, and then I'm looking at this depth chart, and I'm like, still like, look at all these guys they have. So, uh, obviously Julian Edelman, Edelman suspended. You got Chris Hogan, who I for- completely yeah. forgot about, deep, who is deep very productive. Uh, Cordell. Um, yeah, Cordero Pat Patterson, who they just got this season. He was on the Raiders last year. Mm. Uh, he's a quick guy. They signed Eric Decker, who I forgot about.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: and the other guy I actually like, who I know he doesn't get the reps that, like, you know, to get enough production. But Philip Dorsett, who they got in yeah. the Jacoby Dorsett trade, I actually really like him a lot. I just he just doesn't get the obviously the chances that, um you know to to make him be very productive but yeah i i you know Dez is one of the better receivers when it comes to the red zone um you can see that in his touchdown numbers uh, throughout his career um you know so i think for a team like the patriots uh especially for the time being especially with Edelman out it would be a pretty good signing and then when you get him back you just have like a bunch of depth which is never bad. On the flip side, for the Browns, like, dude, why not?
0: <laughs> like,
1: I, I,
2: I, I, like, if you sign him, well, okay, I say why not, but it depends on the contract. Like,
0: I don't want him for a very long term contract. No, I, man. I think maybe a couple of years, maybe.
2: I was even thinking, like, I mean, I don't know how. It's tough because how old is he? I was just about to look that up. I 29. Actually,
0: He's still got years left.
2: Yeah. As so, a wide? I mean, at least for the Browns, like they just got Landry over the uh, summer. Um,
0: And also Josh Gordon is back.
2: Josh Gordon's back. Dude, that guy is He's a good. monster. He's good. Like, we seen last year when he came back from suspension, I think his first game back, or it was either his first or second game back. I think he had like, over 100 yards. I might be wrong on that, but it was either close to... Like, he had a good game. I was hyped for
0: Cleveland. I know. When he back. I was ecstatic to see him back on the field, and he did good. He's exactly what everybody thinks he is.
2: So, so. I mean, look, I, I, we'll get on this later when in our predictions, but I think a lot of people are a little too high on Cleveland. I mean, mm-hmm. they have won one game in their last two years, but you had Dez. Your offense is looking completely different from last year. Yeah, you so, got but, you got a quarterback in Terod Taylor, and we'll get to that in a little and bit.
0: Foreshadowing.
2: Uh you got Carlos Hyde in the backfield now, who they just got from the in free agency with already Duke Johnson, who they had last year had a phenomenal year. You got Landry Gordon Dez, David and Joko at tight end. You're looking at like a pretty good offense. So um like I said I don't buy like dude people are talking about Super Bowl talk for the No no no, the no. Browns, no but I'm and I'm not even going that far obviously I'm just saying that you know you get some weapons and I I have to say this too I think uh to Rod Taylor like he is he's very like to me he's underrated I don't think mm-hmm. he's appreciated like he should be like I think he's a pretty good quarterback and just doesn't get the recognition Mm -hmm. um i would have loved for the broncos to sign him um when he was i think afraid last year or he might was selling
1: the bills last year so he got signed in i think the offseason
2: yeah he got signed and i guess he signed a he i'm trying to remember he got re-signed by the bills and then obviously got traded like the year after he signed but i don't know how much is left in that deal but either way like i think he's very underrated um Yeah, I mean, dude, that's an offense to be reckoned with, Uh, Mm -hmm. and they have a pretty decent offensive line. They lost Joe Thomas to retirement, which is a big loss. Obviously, he was a um, pro ball tight end for basically his whole career. He was also one of those Ironmen guy who like never miss a snap. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, but man, the Browns like we talk about them every year. Like, is this the year? Is this the year if they get better? Is this the year they get better? And if they get Dez, I think. You know, you're looking at a, even a more talk about that. So,
0: well, I have a bit of a hot take. The Browns will win one game this year.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty hot.
0: Yeah, pretty um, hot. Take. No, they will. They will win a game this year at the very yeah. least. I think. I think they have the potential, especially with these offensive weapons, to win a couple. Uh, I yeah. don't think there's any noise on their defensive side of things that I, I can tell. But I,
2: well, I, I mean, besides their. So they got Denzel Ward, obviously, um, that their number four pick this year, and then they got Miles Garrett, the number one pick last year. So like, they're still developing though. So mm. you know, you can't expect guys to be good right away. You gotta give them time. Um, I will say, anybody who has HBO and doesn't watch the Hard Knock series, who's in the football, I highly suggest it. It's really, it's a cool okay. insight
0: kind of forgot about it, to be honest with you. I, I don't know why I did, but...
2: Uh... It's funny, though, because, like, when I watch these, I kind of get a soft spot for the team. <laughs> like, last yeah. year, it yeah, was yeah, the Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I was, like, kind of rooting for the Buccaneers last year. Of course, right. it didn't work out very well. But, um, but yeah, hmm. I do highly suggest it. It's, like, behind the scenes uh, of the uh, NFL team. All right. Next topic, we got some college football here. And I'm pretty sure you know where we're going with this. Uh Huge, huge news in college football. Urban Meyer, um, the Urban Meyer investigation, um, the end-all, be-all, essentially. He got suspended three games for it. Um, But if you guys don't know, um, there's a big controversy, essentially. uh, uh, You know what? I'll actually, Bobby, you read a lot on this yesterday, so I'll let you have it. Just because you were saying a lot, and I know you have a lot to say, so how about you go ahead and explain it? So,
0: bare bones. I, I want to point out, I am not going to read the whole thing again. Uh, it's a long, long, long list of events. Um, the bare bones of it is they uh, hired a new wide receiver coach, and he uh, uh, Urban Meyer was a uh, big uh, advocate and proponent for him getting hired for OSU. Now, what he failed to do is he failed to inform the school that uh, this wide receiver coach, uh, Zach Smith, mm-hmm. um, has a past of uh, domestic violence. He was arrested in, I believe, 2015. I, I'm trying to pull up the article as I'm talking. Uh,
2: I, I, I've seen like the, the first domestic violence arrest was in t- 2009, actually.
0: Oh, he's had multiple. Okay, that I didn't yeah. know.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm reading here from SB Nation. Right. Um, yep. They get uh, following Smith's 2009 domestic arrest. Uh, so there you go. And then I do believe there was an incident in 2015 as well. Um, yeah, the
0: big one that was cited was the the one in 2015. But yeah, I'm seeing the SB Nation report that you're talking about. And yeah, there was one in 2009. Uh so the problem with the inf- the non-informing is that there is a clause, and I I uh, there's a rule that if uh, you are aware of this information that you are, you have to report it, uh, especially since they were searching for receiver coach, they're doing background checks and everything else, which that's a whole nother part of the story. So he got in trouble for not informing about domestic violence. Uh, in the wire receiver coach They ended up hiring him and then then everything kind of came to light. Um, so then it became, you know, why didn't Urban Meyer say anything? Why was he trying to hide this? Well, pretty simple, because he's trying to win football games. Right? And the whole thing is, he, get, he gets suspended three games. And in his contract, as I, I, I read this to you yesterday, uh, he could have been dismissed and fired for multiple things because he didn't do this. And OSU would have been justified in doing so according to his contract. But they didn't do that. They suspended him three games, a slap on the wrist. It, it, it's, it's, it's such an odd scenario to me, but three, three games ain't it, Chief. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's, that's, that was not the thing to do and obviously caused a lot of anger. And, you know, the whole... I, I, I had to find the report again. I believe it was Sports Illustrated, but don't call me on... I, I cannot find the article now. Um, you know, talk about... It. Let's think about Ohio State, their football for a second. They are a... They were, uh, I believe, valued at a billion dollars, their football program alone, right? Urban Meyer has a career record with Ohio State at 73 and nine. Urban Meyer gets fired. Ohio State is in trouble for the season. You know, Ohio State may drop in the rankings, may lose some things, whatever. And also, hurts recruiting process, right? Urban Meyer considered one of the top college football coaches right now uh, alongside Nick Saban. Uh, you know, the, the, the Ohio State doesn't have its face anymore. So it has the potential for hurting and causing the university to kind of go for a loss. Um, so, yeah, sorry. I'm yeah,
2: sorry. I go just
0: ahead. want to finish by saying that the, the the reason Ohio State only said three games was because the investigators found that he has apparently been advocates for. Uh, he did a bunch of like I, I think charity things or something like that. Like he's 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 done things that in uh, the investigators' eyes have helped with the uh, promotion of uh, or the awareness of. Sorry, I'm trying to think how to word this to help with a, like the advocacy for women and women's rights. So that's what they determined was kind of the balancing act on this whole thing, and why he didn't get fired immediately. Like if he had a history of domestic violence himself, or uh, had done stuff like this in the past, he'd probably be fired because they did they could, they couldn't give him an out. But the out for him was he's done things apparently in the past that have been on the other side of this this kind of spectrum. So. That's the story. There is a lot of other information I did not mention. I encourage everybody to go kind of read up for it if they want more. Uh, I cannot possibly sit here; that will be a whole podcast uh, yeah. talking about all the information. There's a lot of other uh, proponents into this case, so please uh, go do your research on that.
2: Um, real quick, before I state anything, uh, Brendy, do you have anything? I know you're a college football fan. Do you have anything to add to the uh, situation?
1: I mean, not really. Other than what we already discussed, I mean, just the one. I mean, two reasons why it was uninformed. One, he really likes the guy. Number two, he really wants to win football games. I think it's Mm -hmm. as simple as
2: that. It is. That's exactly it. All right. So, my question to you. With that said,
1: like that, like with that said, like that's not the right thing to do. Now,
2: yeah, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Now, my question to you guys is: what? Obviously, we. I'm pretty sure we all disagree that three games wasn't a good enough punishment. Correct? No. I,
0: yeah.
1: do Not okay. the right way to go.
2: What do you guys think would be the correct punishment for this? <sighs> it,
0: man, I can't. It's hard for me to defend someone who's who did stuff like this, right? Yeah. Um. Worth noting that his apology was not taken very well either, because he apologized to OSU. He apologized to Ohio State, but he did not uh, apologize to the uh, victim of the domestic violence case, Mm -hmm. uh, which a lot of people uh, went after. I mean, I... And rightly so. (laughs) Right. I I think, you know, I I don't even want to look at how. I just want to look at what Ohio State did because now I I see more of an issue with Ohio State than anything else because it's like they had... He literally, like, I, I was reading you the, the contract. And like I said, please go look this up if you're listening to it. I, I don't want to say the whole thing. He, li- he could have been fired on like four different things in, according to his contract. Like, mm-hmm. Ohio State was fully justified in doing so, and they chose to just kind of sub him on the rest. I don't, I don't have an extensive knowledge of what those good things that kind of got him out of this were to, to really say, oh, well, you know, he's actually a good guy. I only suspend him for a couple of games. I really don't know what it is so i don't want to sound stupid and say you know only suspend him i i i think Ohio state had a opportunity to make an example uh and they didn't take it and i honestly don't know whether or not that's a good thing it's it, i don't think three games is it but i don't really have another answer i i firing i would have been okay with um But that's about as I probably would
1: have been. I thought that that's what was definitely going to happen.
0: I thought there was no way he was getting out of this. No way, especially with all the movements happening right now. Right, like that. Just how he still is going to have a job and get paid a ton of money doing so is insane.
1: And honestly, like if he had gotten fired, pretty much everyone except for like Ohio State fans probably would have been okay with it. You know?
0: Yeah, Yeah, I, I. I, and I, I even some
1: Ohio I, State fans.
0: Yeah, I mean I definitely Yeah, I I I definitely think that I think the example that could be made out of him, uh the example that could have been made out of him would have been very, very good for the sport and for women and sports in general. Um but they chose not to do that. And it's kind of a sad thing. Um Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean and I agree with Brandy. Uh I didn't think he was getting out of this, Mm. Uh, but sure enough, he did. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Kind of disappointed in Ohio State. I I mean, I'm a Michigan fan, so like, and I, I'm really trying not to be biased on here. And I mm-hmm. I don't think I'm being biased, but I really think he should have been fired. Um, just a small note on that, like, not that it really matters, but just to further the point of how three, like, how the three games are such a slap on the wrist. Uh, Ohio State's three games that he will miss is unranked oregon state unranked Rutgers, and 16th ranked tcu which will be a hard matchup (laughs) but two unranked teams uh so literally um, what is he missing yeah they'll they'll blow out you know oregon state i guess has a not a chance (laughs) but Mm -hmm. like it'd be a miracle Rutgers doesn't have a chance and you know obviously Mm -hmm. tcu is ranked but you know not that again. In this grand scheme of things, it's not really about that. I just wanted to further the, the point of how much of a slap on the wrist this is. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of outrage about this, including uh, ESPN's Michelle Beadle. Michelle Beadle. Uh, she has uh, spoken um, about you know this and you know the 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 NFL and college football in general and. Uh, <laughs> She's just she's not happy with how things are going, especially like I said, with the Urban Meyer how that was handled, she's really not happy. Um so yeah, Bobby, again, I'm gonna direct this to you because I know you did a lot of reading <laughs> on this as well. Um let's give me the uh, story on um Michelle Beadle.
0: Okay. So Michelle Beadle, for those that don't know, has is the host of ESPN's Get Up, their morning uh weekday show. Uh, I think weekday. Um, that I actually just discovered in the uh, past couple of days because I turned on ESPN to watch uh, SportsCenter Center in the morning, but I found GetUp and said, so I was like, oh I guess this is a thing. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, typical ESPN kind of general sports show. There's you know they have the, you know panels and discussions and stuff like that. So a couple of things with nothing. So she basically said, you know, she went on a tirade, uh, deservedly so, like I said. Uh, so she said this is going to be her second season where she's not watching uh, the NFL or college football, or just football in general because she believes that uh, the the sport itself is not doing anything for women or she even mentioned people of color. Um, and she said she's just looking forward to the NBA and what she's looking forward to and she, you know, she said her not watching football just frees up her Saturdays and Sundays now, frees up her weekends. So... You know she's basically saying until things change, I'm not watching your product um
1: so she's not watching the product of her own company
0: that well that yeah so this goes a little deeper so what people have also pointed out so e s p n the show- the show get up has not been getting very good ratings um it's not getting the viewers uh and it's kind of a flunk right now so what e s p n did for this rant was that they actually added a panel uh a a panel uh that rotates throughout the week uh, for NFL and college football because they were banking on the fact that since football season is coming up, it might bail the show out of going into complete disaster. Uh, but now it looks a little weird because she just went this whole time how she's not watching football, uh, and but a lot of the show is now going to center around football. So then the other part of it was like, well, maybe she's trying to get fired, which I don't ha- know how factual that is, but you know, it'll definitely be interesting if she's not going to be on the show because they're going to try and center that show around football and try and get his viewership back. Or if there's going to end up letting the show tank and try and do something else. So who knows, but that was her whole uh, feelings about uh, the urban Meyer thing just kind of solidified it for her.
2: Let me, I'll put my take in here real quick. I, I, so I, I kind of agree with her um, mm-hmm. in, in some senses, and, and I don't agree with her all the way and like not watching football and stuff like that. I, you know, I'm also obviously not a woman. So like I, it's not, doesn't affect me. Like it affects her. Who's also, she's also a prominent, you know, in ESPN mm-hmm. and stuff like that. She's been on some pretty big shows. I think the way the NFL has mishandled domestic violence cases and the past um you had ray rice in 2014 you had zeke uh last year um you know now ray rice was you know that that he did get suspended for that you had like the the zeke thing was a big thing for me like where you had Mm -hmm. he's like oh he'll be suspended And then, like, he didn't get suspended till like, what, week eight or something like that? Or week 10 Mm -hmm. or something like that? And, Mm -hmm. yeah, and then he then ended up missing all season. Then you get in college football with another case like this. And this is also in the eyes of many, especially um, her. It's mishandled. Um, Look, I have always been a big proponent with, like, these domestic violence cases. Like, I don't know why that there's – they let this happen like the like i feel like every time you hear something about a domestic violence case you hear about it, like it's just going it like going wrong essentially like mm. somehow they're getting out of it or something i'm not particularly happy how the nfl has handled that mm. um you've seen it in baseball this season we touched on this earlier this year um uh, Roberto Azuna the former closer for the uh, Blue Jays now of the Houston Astros got suspended what was I think it was Bernie I don't know if you remember I think it was 80 games for domestic violence I want to say you said he
1: um, said Marcelo Azuna
2: uh, no um uh who the cl- closer for the the Blue Jays Azuna I'm trying to th- I just said his first name and I forget it <laughs> um well, I do know a
1: notable case uh, about that kind of stuff when it comes to the Braves.
2: Um, I'm sorry, R- Roberto Azuno, just for like oh. that was who I was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, but I actually do
1: know uh, it's there's a, a situation about that. Uh, you guys may or may not have heard of a, uh, someone named Hector Oliveira. Yep. Um, he played for the Braves for like two years, and then – Um, you know, during the 2016 season, uh, he was involved in a domestic dispute, uh, and, uh, was suspended for 82 games, Mm -hmm. um, without pay. Um, and somehow, like miraculously, somehow the Braves managed to trade him. So like they didn't have to
2: deal with that shit. Which is funny because the Blue Jays did the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um. Yeah, I just uh, like I said, I just don't like how the NFL has handled um the domestic violence. Obviously, there's been a lot of controversy about a lot of things in the NFL whether you're talking about the anthem or domestic violence or even the substance um, you know, policy with, you know, there's a whole thing about uh mm-hmm. marijuana and and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh just you know like i said i agree with her in some in some form um again like for me it's not going to change anything and maybe that's a bad thing saying about me um you know i'm not happy with something it doesn't mean that i'm gonna take it out completely but you know i would like to see change and um i think uh especially like i said with these domestic violence cases i think women aren't they're not getting justified i guess is the right word so um but yeah that was a big story from espn
0: yeah and and we 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 know that we're not you know we don't deal with a lot of struggles that women do um but that doesn't mean we can't be proponents yeah uh, of advocacy so
2: um yeah and uh we're gonna touch on one last thing here it's very quick uh this is literally completely different from the two things we were talking about. Yeah, this before. is a very
0: lighthearted thing. Let's yeah, it's something. something a little bit fun. And I actually have a clip of this.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, basically, I'll just um say real quick that uh quarterback now quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, Tyrod, formerly known as Tyrod Taylor, now Tyrod Taylor. Um, basically, there was this whole like this thing that came out um about how. His name is actually pronounced Tyrod, uh instead of Tyrod. And I'll let uh, Bobby play that clip real quick.
0: Yeah, so uh, I just found this on YouTube real quick. I believe this is when he was talking like a press conference, I think. It's a phone video. Uh, and, and they talk about it a little bit. So uh, It's pretty short, so here we go.
2: So for the record, do you, do you want Tyrod or Tyrod?
0: <laughs>
1: ah,
2: We've heard deal. both.
0: Um, I mean, Tyrod is definitely what I've heard most uh my life. I mean, my mom calls me to Rod, but she also doesn't call me by my first name.
2: So
0: <laughs> <laughs> she calls me like a middleman, Diallo. Yeah. She's only allowed to call me that. So y'all can't start calling me that,
3: <laughs> 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 So the last week go about as good as you could have hoped for those couple of drives.
0: Yeah, so that was it. So uh, I I don't have to give a clarification, but yeah, so the the idea was that uh, uh, it it has always been to Rod, but he was he just kind of let the media just kind of take it. He didn't really feel the need to correct it. So. Yeah,
2: dude, like, and that, so actually that clip you just pulled was also featured on Hard Knock. so I, I had seen that already, but, like, yeah. he just seems like one of those guys that are just, like, too nice to correct the media, and he's like, whatever, yeah. man, like, um. by the way, just for, like, just to put this out there, Diallo as a middle name—that is a badass yeah. middle name, bro. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Dude, are you it is
0: serious? Rod, but, Diallo Taylor. So I
2: yeah. love it. So just a quick little thing. Um, I mean, I've always, you know, it looks like Tyrod, but hey, man, it, mm-hmm. like, I, I, look, it doesn't change much in the grand scheme of things. Just a quick little thing from the NFL um, that maybe you didn't know or didn't see. So from now on, it is to Rod taylor now you know all right now we're gonna move on to the part of the show that is gonna cause a lot of yelling a lot of debate uh it, we're gonna, it was
1: prior to yesterday
2: yeah. yeah for sure so we're gonna um talk about our nfl season previews basically what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through each division uh we're gonna have our rankings for each division where we think teams will sit and we'll kind of justify um why we have it that way or you know we don't have to go through everything in particular we you know there's teams we want to talk about and then at the end we're going to have our playoff rankings uh you know the you know depending on how our division picks went and then we will have our super bowl pick um i will let me preface this by saying obviously we are not experts um (laughs) (laughs) you know there's a lot of guys out there who are experts and make these at the, the beginning of the season. And, uh, they're sometimes right. We are not. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we just kind of did this for fun. Um, we'll kind of see at the end of the year who was, who was right, uh, who was wrong. Um, but that's kind of the gist of it. Uh, don't take it extremely seriously. We're just kind of messing around here and, and, uh, saying, uh, you know what, what we think so that
0: that, be, that being said we 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 follow football i think enough we to, do yeah to do. make these kind of distinctions but no we are not insiders or experts there are people a lot smarter than me who get paid to do this for a living i try and do as much as i can with the little free time that i have uh love football play i'm in two big fantasy leagues and i play daily and all that stuff so it's not like i don't no football. I just definitely don't know the ins and outs of every team and all the depth and all that. But it's yeah. still fun to debate about, especially yeah. since we are all biased here. Let's not try and pretend that we're not. Mm-hmm. So, uh,
2: go ahead, well, Well, real quick, just before with that being said, at least in my fix, even though we're going to get to the point where it doesn't look like it, I try to be as unbiased as possible.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah. So I think how we'll do this is uh, so we're going to start with the AFC, and we're going to start with the AFC East, go to the <laughs> North, uh, <laughs> South, and then West, and then we'll do the same order for the NFC. Uh, and then how we'll do it is I'll start with you, Bobby. Uh, you can give your rankings, kind of give your reasoning. I'll go to you, Brendy. You do the same, and then I'll come back to me, and then we'll do the same, and then we'll you know, go to the next uh, division. Does that sound good to you guys? Yeah, which I'm one good. are we starting with? The AFC, AFC East. East. So it's okay. going to go AFC East, AFC North, AFC South, and AFC West. So, Bobby, uh, AFC East, what are your rankings? <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> Alright. No, this, this AFC East should not take more than two minutes of our time.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: uh, this division has known for, for uh, being just god-awful, right? And it has the Patriots. So, uh, Patriots, again, winning the AFC East. If, if the... Uh, if the Pats tank, uh, I may jump out of my window, but uh, I don't <laughs> see that happening. Uh, the only notable things I see happening, are I see the Jets actually on the rise and moving up to second in a division, not a close second, but uh, you know, very much still uh, not a decent record, uh, but finishing second in division anyway. Uh, and the Bills in third and the Dolphins... Uh, Rounding out the bottom there. Bill and D- Bills and Dolphins are just tanking. They have no one. The Jets are starting to get some uh, good players that are going to be a little more consistent. So you'll see them a little bit moving up the rankings uh, to second, but still no one is going to touch the Pats. I think we're at all in, in agreement there. No one's touching them uh, yeah. in that division. So that, that that's 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 my AFC East. Randy? Right.
1: Is, is it my turn? Yes, sir. Okay. Um I pretty much agree with what you said. Um I'm going to have the Patriots at 1 except I'm going to have the Bills at 2. Um and I'm going to have the Dolphins and Jets uh you know at the bottom like honestly those teams are probably like as equal e- equally bad as could get as like, the Dolphins <laughs> and the Jets. And the reason I don't like the reason I don't have the Bills lower isn't because I think the bills are going to do well. It's just because I think that the uh, dolphins and jets are going to be a lot worse than you think. Um, and I, I think that Josh Allen, uh, you know, might have a, uh, a solid starting season. I, I think, um, I think he can certainly uh, perform well under the bills offense. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously, um, they're not. I don't, I don't see them making the playoffs. But I don't see them being as bad as the Dolphins or the Jets.
2: Well, I I'll say this with the Bills real quick. That is, even if Josh Allen plays, because the, you know there's a chance that he sits this year. Um, they just traded for AJ McCarron from the Bengals in the offseason. season, uh, so he's supposed to be the starting quarterback. Although he just got injured in preseason and. Uh, the first thought was that he broke his collarbone, but now it looks like it was not that. I don't know. It, it was kind of a weird story. But anyway, my AFC East rankings, uh, basically same as previous. I got Patriots one, Bills two, Jets three, Dolphins four. Um, look, this is the Patriots division to lose. Uh, obviously, you know they're the powerhouse here. They haven't not won the AFC East since two thousand eight. Um, and when they didn't win that division that year. It's because Tom Brady tore his ACL in week one, and they were stuck with, I think it was Matt Castle. I think it was, was yeah. the quarterback, yep. which is funny. <laughs> Ed, Matt Castle. Yeah, um, yeah. so, and then with the Bills, I think it's going to be interesting, like I said, with A.J. McCarron, because he's only started 11 games since being drafted in 2014. Um, I think the big factor for them is going to be uh, their defense is still – You know, pretty decent. And then I think LaShawn McCoy is going to have to have a big season to open up, you know, passing plays for uh, their offense. You know, you can't be running for nothing and then relying on AJ McCarron to run, you know, your offense. I just don't think that's going to go well. Hmm. Um, And then I'll just say quickly on the Jets, I think that they are. You know, they just drafted their, their face of their franchise now in Sam Darno, Sam Darnold, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, I the the what I'm saying right now is I don't think he's. It looks like he's going to sit as well this year. They have Josh McCown who actually played relatively decent last year before getting injured. They also have Teddy Bridgewater who they brought in. So you're probably looking at a year off for Darnold, and then we'll see about next year. And the Dolphins are just. Not looking good for the dolphins <laughs> they uh they lost uh Jarvis landry obviously who led the their team and the league in receptions uh last year with hundred and twelve and um had a little less than a thousand yards so uh yeah uh that is the a f c east bobby uh a f c north your rankings
0: okay so I have the Steelers taken in the North. Again, there is still no team in that division that's going to touch a team like the Steelers. Um, and they're a threat. They're still a threat. Uh, the Steelers have always been a thorn, and I'm a Patriots fan, as uh, I think everyone's picked up at this point. Uh, <laughs> I've been a thorn in my side. Uh, I was saying to Tyler, I, w- I was reminding him, so last year, uh, the Steelers and the Jaguars played against each other in the playoffs. Uh, whoever won played at the Pats. And I kept saying that... I wanted the Jags to win over the Steelers and Tyler here. And I think a couple other people I had this conversation with thought I was crazy because I I was the only one that
1: said you weren't crazy.
0: I I can't remember who else I had the conversation with, but yeah, I, you might've agreed with me. So my, my, simply my, uh, argument was, yeah, the Jags are a good team and still a team that I, you know, I'm going to be biting my nails at. However, the Steelers are the team in the AFC that always, uh, have the possibility of having our number. And all it takes is one game for them to beat us, and then, you know, we're out, and then they're moving on to the goal. You know what I mean? So that that was, you know, it wasn't that the Jags weren't good. They obviously beat the Steelers to get to us. Uh, But... I was a lot more scared of, of Pittsburgh than the uh, Jaguars. So, just, uh, just
2: real quick, just for clarification, so I don't get roasted for this. I mean, I thought the Jaguars were a bigger threat to the Patriots just because the Jaguars' defense is as elite as it gets. Saxonville. Um, yeah. Saxonville, so that was my thing, um, mm-hmm. obviously. We've seen some good ass matchups though between the Steelers and the Patriots. So right. sorry, I just had to interject that yeah, in no, there. No,
0: and listen, here's the thing: you had a legit opinion. I just, you know, we 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 both had certain sides of it. That's all. Mm-hmm. I feel um,
1: like all. You, I feel you, like all right. three of those teams, though, like really quick. I feel like all three of those teams like would match up really well against each other, and like would yeah. be a real contest. Like
2: because from- e- oh. even that that uh, Steelers Jacksonville game, like that was. If I remember correctly, the Steelers were down like seventeen nothing or twelve like I think that's what what the game started out. And then it ended up being like forty five to thirty eight. I am I'm like literally spitballing here because I can't remember just thinking in my head, about but it, right? but yeah, that was a unbelievable game. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh just to get back to the ranking, so I had the Steelers uh way in the north, and then I actually had the Ravens as uh second. And then uh, here is the hot take to this division. I have the Browns in third in the division. Uh, and Bengals rounding out the bottom. The Bengals really have no uplook whatsoever. The Browns do, especially if Browns end up landing Dez. Yeah, no, they're winning games. They're going to be winning some games. Uh, they're definitely not playoff ready, but they're definitely in a position to start, you know, making the, you know, the, the dynasty comeback here. So uh, I have Steelers winning. I have Ravens. In second, Browns third, and Bengals fourth. And that is my AFC North.
1: All right, so for me, um, the AFC North is kind of like the AFC East, except slightly better. Um, Mm -hmm. But obviously, I've got the Steelers at number one. And then, honestly, like, that... And then here's the part where, like, I was kind of, like, deciding for a long-ass time. Uh, I decided I'm going to go ahead and put the Ravens at two, because... Despite what the Ravens have done the past few years, they still have the like they still have that kind of not necessarily potential, but I feel like they they are going to be just mediocre and then nothing else. Whereas the Bengals and Browns are gonna be basically fighting for the number one pick next year. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think it's probably th- okay. Here's another hot take. Um, then this, this is going with Bobby as well. Um, I have the Browns at three, and then I have the Bengals as the worst team in the NFL. Oh,
0: okay. I think that's my picks. I think that's a <laughs> pipe and hot take. <laughs>
2: no, honestly, I actually agree with Brundy here. I think uh, I have the same exact rankings and. Just quickly to say, I think the Bengals are going to be one of those teams fighting for the first overall pick. I will get to that in a second. Um, Steelers at number one, obviously. I mean, this is, again, their division to lose as well. Um, they have so many offensive weapons. You got on there. You got um, Antonio Brown probably, you know, he is, I think, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in football right now. Um, you got the likes of uh Rising Star, who I really like, one of my favorite players in the league, Juju Smith Schuster. Uh Juju. another <laughs> uh look, uh, it's been well documented that this could be Le'Veon's last year at the Steelers because they can't get a contract done. Uh I expect him it, like just to say you know bluntly, I expect him to go ape shit this year. Uh yeah. he's gonna be playing for as much money as he possibly can. Um and I think he has an MVP caliber season uh and I think he shows the league that he is the best running back in the league um I think you know Big Ben is uh we kind of seen last year he, he <laughs> well it, it's tough to say cuz it looks like he's starting to wear down but then he will have games like ridiculous games where he throw five touchdowns and 400 yards so like you never know with that guy um but yeah I think the Steelers are are not only you know a, a favorite in the AFC North but you know we'll get to it later i think they're a, a playoff favorite as well uh, justin herbert
1: to the to the bengals
2: mm, yeah uh <laughs> i don't even um <laughs> uh, quarterback then, from oregon uh oh okay i i was like oh i got gotcha. you i'm like <laughs> i didn't hear you for a second cuz you cut out but yeah um yeah that could be very true uh second i have the ravens um it was for me it was a toss up between the browns and the ravens for a second um i think it's going to be cl- i honestly think it's going to be close between these two in terms of record for second um i just put the i just put the ravens just for the fact that i i like their defense a little bit better and also they uh, actually added some weapons on offense uh, at the wide receiver position which they desperately needed uh they got michael crabtree willie sneed and john brown Um, all coming from, uh, excuse me, all coming to the team from free agency. Um, I think also, you know, uh, just uh, like Brenda said earlier, like they always seem like a team that's just like they're just mediocre all the time. (laughs) Like they're never good. They're never bad. Uh, I think they finished second. Then I had the Browns finishing third, but you know, they, excuse me, they could even have the same record, just lose on a tiebreaker Mm
3: -hmm.
2: to go to third here. Um, I think they have a Obviously, have a bright future. I don't buy the Super Bowl talk. Um, You know, this team, like I said earlier, has one win in two years, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is kind of amazing that people are talking about uh, them being a Super Bowl favorite. Um, And, you know, in my notes here, I actually have what I said earlier. I think Terod Taylor is really one of the most underrated QBs in the game. I'm not saying he's, like, top five or anything. I'm just saying, like, I just don't – I think he doesn't get the love that – um, uh, you know, I I don't think he gets the love that he deserves, so I have them at third, and then the Bengals, like Brandy said, uh, I have them as a team competing for the number one overall pick. Uh, Andy Dalton, for me, like he never scared me. Uh, as a force in the league, um, so I think depending on how this year goes, uh, you know, they could be looking to get a new quarterback next year, and through the draft, uh, as Brandy just said, um, you know, they could be looking at uh at a quarterback there. Uh also just a note for the uh the Bengals, just to further the point, they lost uh left tackle Andrew Whitworth and right guard Kevin Zietler to free agency who was like their two best uh, offensive linemen. Uh so all I gotta say is poor Andy Dalton back there. Like he's gonna be getting killed. And another thing I gotta say is poor AJ Green, man. <laughs> it's gonna be a long nice season suck. for him. Nice yeah. It is all right, let's uh, move on to the AFC South, a division that uh, you would say two or three years ago was probably the worst division in football and now is looking like one of the better divisions in footballs. And football, excuse football's, me. Footballs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in CFL too. Yeah.
0: In both NFLs, by the way.
2: <laughs> um. So, yeah, Bobby take the floor.
0: Alright, the AFC South. Uh I think there is no doubt the uh Jaguars are gonna have another decent year, so I have them at the top of the AFC South. Uh still a threat. Still have Fournette. Uh as long as I have them, I think they're good. Uh and uh, that defense uh is still gonna be a problem, and but they're gonna be good on fantasy, I can say that much. So uh yeah, looking forward true. to see to see what they do. Uh uh second, I got the Titans. Um I don't have too much uh insight on their team as a whole, but I know they were still decent last year. Uh and compared to the Colts and the Texans, I think they're gonna have a better season. So I have the Titans going a second. Uh, uh third here I have the Colts. Um What talk about what? a hot take? Oh my god. Uh, talk about a hot take. Uh so I I'm basing this just off of Andrew Locke. For What? Yeah, so here, I'm, this is a very, very long stretch. I know this, but uh, I felt like making this interesting. Simply there, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the comeback. However, I am fully aware that they can easily take for it. Uh, the Texans did not have a good showing last year or last season. Uh, that, that, that's also for a couple of things as well, injuries and, and so yeah, forth. You can, sure. you can argue that. I, I am aware of that. But for the most part, they really have no power to them, at least the way I see it. So I, I can see the Texans having a pretty bad year. Uh, at the same time, it's not like the Texans are going to go, you know, have only two wins or whatever. They can easily win some games. But if anything, I see both the Colts and the Texans kind of tying for the record at the bottom and just being a tiebreaker. So it's, I don't think it's too hot of a take personally. Um, I am aware that the Colts are really have uh, nah, nothing but bad nah, luck. but. It's what?
2: It's steaming. That's a uh, take. I
1: have I, I I to stand now because I can't fucking sit on that hot take.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that that's my AFC South. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have too in depth of a reason. I'm just kind of playing it along what happened last season, but being aware that other factors were in play as to why that happened anyway. So uh, yeah, AFC South.
1: Okay, my turn. All right, so um, like you said earlier, the AFC South. I wouldn't necessarily call them one of the better divisions in the NFL, personally, um, just because like they have the Jaguars, and then like the Titans are like Titans and Texans, like maybe kind of middle ground, and then the Colts just you know kind of bottom of the barrel. So I'm not necessarily sure. Like I'll probably say they're they're maybe the fourth or fifth best division. Um, I got the Jaguars up top. Um, probably I'm not entirely sure how many wins they're going to have because last season was a great season and I feel like they're only going to get better. There's no telling if they're going to finish with more wins or less wins, um, because they have such a young, talented core that I feel like they're going to be good for years to come. Um, so I have them atop the division. I have the Titans at two. If Marcus Mariota comes. Comes back and balls out, um, then I definitely see them uh, as a definite um, wild card spot. And then number three, I have the Texans. I feel like Deshaun Watson is going to get a lot better um, with another year under his belt. Uh, one thing that, that worries me though is um, kind of like the lack of receiving core. Um, they they only have that... Um, oh, fuck. What's his name?
2: It's DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah,
1: Deon, they only have Hopkins. Um, and um, their defense, I think, is going to be probably middle ground, uh, maybe a little bit better. So I think that they could probably get seven or eight wins. And then the Colts, I have uh, at the bottom because, let's be real, they have Andrew Luck and then no one else. Um I don't see them getting more than four wins.
2: I uh I almost agree with everything you said except I have two thing uh like one thing flip flopped. Um I have the Jags winning this division. Um I like everything you said, man, like that's a young core. It's gonna be good for years to come that jacksonville earned its name saxonville but uh, their stats last year were crazy um they led the league in net passing yards allowed by 300 yards which is like a pretty big uh you know when you're looking at this this ranking like it's pretty close pretty close pretty close like the whole way and then you get to number one and like it's such a big thing from the rest of the league um you know, they got a scary secondary, um, led by Jalen Ramsey, um, who <laughs> has been in the news recently for his uh off the field talk, but that's for another time. Right. Um yeah, I think they take this division. Uh second I have the Texans. Um I really like what I saw last year out of Deshaun Watson Watson and the games he played, obviously towards ACL and missed the you know, the rest of the year. I think it was like week Five or six, I want to say that happened. Um, I I think the biggest problem for the Texans last year was they could not stay healthy to save their life. You lost to Sean Watson. You lost lost JJ Watt. You lost Whitney Merciless. um, Three huge players on that team. Um, I know they even had more injuries. I just can't even think of them.
0: They also had had a suspension and everything else. I'm, I'm kind of reading again. Uh, yes. So they had a bunch of things happen and it was worth noting that uh, a lot of the big reason for their uh four and twelve le- record last year was losing nine of uh their final ten games of the season. So yeah, string of injuries uh yeah. definitely hurt them, but they had also kinda you know, they had Tom Savage, a quarterback who was very inconsistent and uh Lamar Miller wasn't uh wasn't putting up either. But yeah, a yeah. lot of injuries led to the season. So as yeah. long as I'm healthy, I my hot take is definitely out, but at least I'm aware of this.
2: I mean, I think, like, I, like out of the teams in the league, I think they were just hurt the most by injuries. Like I said, like, they lost so many guys. Um, look, I mean, I think J.J. Watt, like, <laughs> I, I, it's funny because, like, I've been looking at his, like, Instagram posts and stuff like that. Like, he does not seem thrilled that he's missed most of the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. I think he comes back huge this year. Um, I think he's, okay. I think he's going to lead the league in, well, I, I don't want to say lead the league in sacks, but I think he's going to be up there. Um, so I have the Texans at two, I have the Titans at three. Um, you know, I, I think the Titans, uh, are going to be like a bubble playoff team. Um, you know, I think Mariota is a very good quarterback, um, um, uh, You know, I I think uh, they're only getting better. They also have one of the better offensive lines in the league. So, yeah, I have them uh, finishing three. I just – I think the problem for them is going to be that they have the Jaguars in their division. And a healthy Texans team is a very good team. So, I think that's going to be their biggest problem. They do
0: not have a very good – Starting season, gotta say. Uh, They're playing Pats first, and they got the Titans, which that uh, should be a pretty must win game for them, even right off the bat. Uh, They do have the Giants, they have the Colts, uh, the Cowboys, they will play the Jaguars. um, Yeah, just the first couple games are gonna be interesting with them, that's all. Um,
2: Uh, Yeah, and then real quick, I just wanted to say to finish off this division for me um, the Colts are. You know, they're getting Andrew Luck back, but I think they're going to come slow. Like, you know, I, I think that they're going to be slow out of the gate just because Andrew Luck's coming back from a shoulder injury that knocked him out for the whole season last year. Uh, I mean, his only real, um, op- like, you know, real threat on offense, uh, at least receiver he's throwing to is, uh, T.Y. Hilton. Um, you know, I think they're the, the bottom of this division. Uh, and, uh, but I don't know. I mean, I I think I was saying before, like it being one of the best divisions of football. Like not maybe not necessarily the best, but it's also it's just again one of those divisions where I think one you know I I think the Jaguars are obviously the favorite, but it wouldn't surprise me to see the Texans be up there with them or the Titans. Like you know, I think it could, there's a lot of ways that can go. So that was kind of my point to it. But um, yeah, uh, we will now move on to the last uh, division in the AFC. The AFC West, uh, Bobby, go ahead.
0: All right, AFC West. Um, so uh, I just I know this is where Brandon's gonna disagree with me. So I have the Chargers, uh, winning this division. I don't see uh I, I I'm going off straight of momentum by itself. They 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 kind of prove themselves as you know they're here. They're still here. They're gonna they have some weapons to use. So I think uh, compared to the rest of the teams in this division, I just I think they have it the most. You know this this division is not you know, a powerhouse by any means, but out of those four teams, I think it's definitely the chargers. Uh, second place got the chiefs always been, they've, they've been a really odd team. When you think about it. they have been times what they've been talked about as true playoff contenders, but then they end up fighting for wild card spots. It's, yeah. it's really uh-huh. strange. Uh, it's really strange.
2: And then it, real quick, just like, and then every time they do make it, cause like last year, then they lost to the Titans and, that was yep. a game ever should have won. So it's like, I do agree there. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, 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 it's super strange. But I have, I have them in, in second. Um, third, I got the Raiders. Um, they just can't capitalize, man. They, like, they have in their car. And they have Marshall Lynch. And you would think that would be enough weapons to make some noise. But it, it never seems to happen. I thought this team was going to be dominant. And then Derek Carr ended up getting hurt, but man, I don't know. I just I am not sold on this team yet, not quite yet. Um, I may be proven wrong this season. Uh, who knows? But I just I don't think they have it yet. Uh, Rounding it out, Tyler. Sorry to say, uh, I got the Broncos uh, at the bottom of the AFC West. Um, just just simply compared to these other three teams, I don't think they're in any. They're due for an upshoot year. Uh, so I have them dead at the bottom, and they could easily—they uh, could easily again beat one da- one win down from the Raiders, or tie the Raiders and lose in a tiebreaker kind of deal. But um, yeah, I definitely have the Raiders above them in this ranking. So my AFC West. All
1: right. Well, this may or may not be a hot take. Um, you can decide for yourself.
2: Oh, oh it's hot. After it, I say it, it no, I'm not.
1: I'm not, not going to say what you think I'm going to say.
2: Oh yeah.
1: So I'm gonna say (laughs) I believe that the winner of the AFC West division is only going to have eight or nine wins.
2: Oh okay. Um, really? It's that hot? I mean, it's piping, but it's not as bad as (laughs) what I thought you were gonna say. Okay, okay, Okay. okay. it's
3: piping.
1: Hear me out. I believe (laughs) that just about every team in this division, except for the Broncos, is probably gonna have like. Eight to ten wins, um, except yeah. like except for the Broncos, of course, um, which is why I feel like it's hard to argue against just about any team coming on top of this division. Um, which is why I have the Raiders at uh, finishing at the top of the division. I'll give them maybe I'll give them nine, maybe ten wins um, if uh, Derek Carr is able to play uh and not you know die uh then that would that i feel like that would be great for the raiders the that's only problem uh, the only thing i'm worried about is like their their inability to finish football games and who's- their in-
2: inability to just not get blown out
0: who's being thrown to on the Raiders? because they crabtree's gone right so
2: well they just got jordy nelson in the offense. jordy season. nelson that's or right Cooper.
0: and then i uh, uh, Cooper. Cooper. okay
2: so I have them just because I believe
1: they have the best, uh, like the best offense in that division. I'd probably give it to the Raiders. Number two, I have the Chiefs. Hot take. Number two, I have the Chiefs. You know, I, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is going to be, um, you know, available right from the start. I I'm not entirely sure if um, he's going to be an immediate baller. Um, but my, the reason I have the chiefs in number two is mainly because of, um, I don't believe in the chargers as much as everyone else does. Um, I'll have the chargers at number three, um, just because, like I said, I'm not sold on them. I believe they haven't really shown me much and I don't know if this season's going to be any different. And then the Broncos, um, you know, I I have them probably last, um, especially with um, you know whoever do, do. Has it been announced yet who their quarterback is going to be? It's, it's going to Case Keenum.
2: Yeah, it's it's going to be Case Keenum. He's he's going to be the guy.
1: Case Keenum is not a terrible option, uh, at least not in my opinion. Um, but I don't believe he's going to carry the Broncos to the promised land of getting atop top of this division or anywhere close to it. Really? That's my pick for the AFC West.
2: All right. So let me preface this by saying I am a Broncos fan and I, I'm telling you, I really am not biased about this. This is really what I think. The other thing I want to mention is this division and the NFC South were the two toughest divisions for me to pick. Um,
1: those
2: oh, yeah, this one's two. the toughest for me. Yeah, th- this one's tough. Um, and I, like I said, the other one was NFC South. So, uh, at the number one spot, I do have the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, this that uh, talk about another elite defense. That's another elite defense. Um, Chargers were third in pass yards given up last year, and also third in points given up. Um, they have a pretty good secondary with Casey Hayward leading as their number one corner. Um, they also have, you know, the, the one thing I do like about them is their young pass rushers. You obviously got Joey Bosa, um, their, uh, the high draft pick from a couple of years ago, you got Melvin Ingram. Um, I think the defense is, uh, is, you know, defense wins championships and I think, that, that's kind of where I was leaning with these picks this year, um, and I think I kind of always have been. I think, like I said, you've seen it. Like I can talk from firsthand experience. Like the Broncos winning the Super Bowl in 2016. Like that offense sucked, but they just had <laughs> one of the best defenses. You know, they had the best defense of the like in the league that year, and in my opinion, one of the better of all time. Uh, not the best, but up there. So. Ah, uh, there we go. But yeah, I have the Chargers as number one. Now this is where some people are gonna be—they're—they're they're not gonna be happy. I got the Broncos as number two. Um,
3: <laughs> I was
2: waiting for it. I was waiting for it. But hear me out. Um, look, I like I said, I'm a fan of this team. I've watched them. Uh, I watch every game. Last year they had Trevor Simeon at quarterback. Uh he. Uh, there's no other way to put it. He sucked. Like he, he's awful. Um, I think, you know, now a lot of people argue that the year case Keenum had last year was, uh, you know, a one-off. Um, he, uh, I, I, the thing about it is not that I, I, I don't agree or disagree. Like I'm indifferent on it, but I think the main thing is that he fits the Broncos scheme on offense. um, I think he's like the quarterback that they need uh, to have a successful offense. So I think that's the big thing. If their offense can be even a little bit (laughs) better than what they had last year, I think that would be big. Because look, man, as much as people bash it, I think the Broncos still have an elite defense. Uh, They were third in net total yards given up last year, which if you, and uh, let, uh, let me, sorry, let me finish that. So there were third in net total yards, fourth in passing yards given up, and fifth in rushing yards given up. And if you watch any second of the Broncos last year, they, with their how bad their offense was and how bad their punter was, which is a weird thing, but I'll get to that in a second, they lost the field position battle so much in games that it was not funny. Like, they, they would literally be putting their defense in holes all game. Um, (laughs) one of their biggest additions this, this summer, which is, again, it's funny to say is Marquette King at punter. One of the best punters in the league. Uh, that'll help a lot just in terms of field position battle. Um, look, they lost a keep sleep in the off season, obviously a big blow. Um, you know, but they still have Chris Harris Jr. Bradley Roby, uh, I think can step up. Um, that, that defense is still elite. And, uh, I love the pick they had this year at number five, getting Bradley Chubb kind of fortunate there with all the quarterbacks that went before. Now they got Von Miller and Bradley Chubb rushing quarterbacks. That's a scary, that's a scary pair, man. And I think especially for Von Miller, that frees up, um, well, last year he was getting double teamed all year because he was like the, the only guy that gets the quarterback. Now you got to put somebody on Chubb that like frees up Miller, um, I think uh, that's going to be an elite defense. Sorry, I just wanted to rant there, but I had to justify it because I know there's going to be a lot of people all over that. uh had three. Th- this is a tough, man. Like I have the Chiefs at three, and it's incredible to say because I honestly think they could be a bubble playoff team. I just with them right now, I'm not set on Pat Mahomes because like what I've seen of him, he looked okay, but like I just haven't seen enough of him to be like. This is the guy that's going to lead them to the playoffs and lead them to a Super Bowl. Um, honestly, they have the tools to be a Super Bowl team. I just think that the uh, that that insert today at the QB spot is going to be big. And then fourth, I have the Raiders. Um, not much to say about them. I mean, I think they can be a decent team. I just think they'll be last in this division. Their defense blows. Besides Khalil Mack, uh, they have like one of the you know one of the worst secondaries in football um i think that uh that's going to be uh the rankings for the afc west uh now we are going to take a little bit of a break well
0: well hold on we get you want to do afc playoff picture first or uh
2: yeah sure that's fine let's do that so we'll do afc playoff picture first um and then we'll go on to the in case bernie's in case you missed this segment so uh, yeah, guys, give me your, again, sorry to you, Bobby. Give me your, um, AFC playoff picture.
0: Okay, so i got the Pats going at number one again. I, I, you know, I, I, I think no one has them quite yet. Um, the, Steelers, the only team I am worried about, <laughs> the only team I am worried about, uh, is really the Steelers, um, you know, they still have Le'Veon Bill. Uh, which which is it's still gonna be a problem if you know the AFC Championship ends up being the Pats and the Steelers again. Um, I think the Pats still got it though. Uh, uh, second, I got the Steelers, obviously. Um, still a loaded team that I just don't understand how they haven't gotten to a Super Bowl yet with the team that they have. It really doesn't make any sense. But uh, here we are. So I have them running out second. Uh, I have the Jags at third. Um, so you know they're gonna be gonna be the same team as last year. You know, gonna be a solid team. I uh, don't think they have it to get back in the AC Championship again. I think the Steelers, if they end up playing against the Steelers again, they'll lose. Um, just not sold on it yet. Uh, I got the Chargers running out fourth. Um, and then for the wild cards, I have uh, and this may be a little hot, we'll see. Uh, I have the Chiefs and the Ravens respectively. You said uh, Ravens? Yes, which is that, uh, that is a little hot. Um, and I, It's funny, I said uh, to my roommate earlier who was a Ravens fan uh, I said and I gave them the bottom wild card spot and he, he told he tells me that's very generous of you <laughs> um, but I, I you know I I want to see if I go bounce back a little bit um, I, th- I think he has he has the opportunity to do it and there's a lot of things that the Ravens have going on like this season kind of depends on uh, a lot of people's jobs depends on this season so uh, it has the possibility for being a bit of a bounce back. So I think they'll just hit the wild card. They did have a 9-7 record uh, last season. So it's not like they can't win games. Um, they just have to kind of pick up their productivity a little bit. That's all. So, uh, and as for, I uh, well, you know what I'll say, I'll save the, I'll, save the, I'll save it for the uh, Super Bowl predictions at the end, but those are my playoff rankings for the AFC. All
1: right. So mine, I got the, Patriots and Steelers i have one and two, respectively. Not really any argument there. Uh, number three, I've got Jacksonville. I Like I said, with their young core, I feel like they're only going to get better. Um, you know, I can't necessarily argue them for a one or two spot just because of how good the Pats and the Steelers are. But I definitely do think, you know, maybe give them a season or two. They could certainly um, get a one or two seed. Absolutely. Um, you know, just, it all depends on how their young core develops and if they avo- if they avoid major injuries. Uh, and then number four, I've already been yelled at this before. I have the Raiders, uh, at four, just because they're winning a very, uh, quite honestly, a very medium, not like a very medium like level division where like nine or 10 wins, I feel like would be able to, um, get you top of the division. So I have them at four, and quite honestly, I feel like I could probably flip them and the Chiefs around, and it would be just as fine. But anyway, for my wild card spots, I've got Tennessee as the fifth seed, and I've got uh, Kansas City as the sixth seed. The reason I got Tennessee as high as I do is because I have a good feeling about Marcus Mariota, and I um, I actually have a pretty good feeling about their defense. Um, whereas the Chiefs, I kind of have in there just, um, just as kind of like a, um, no other team in the AFC I feel like belongs there except for, uh, another team, uh, in that division. Uh, so I'm gonna go with, uh, Tennessee as my five and Kansas City as my
2: six. All right. And then I will round it off. Uh, in the AFC, we got number one for me. I got the Steelers. Um, I, like I said this earlier I think Levy don't <laughs> I think levy Bell is gonna have a monster year I'm like that's literally just gonna carry them uh I got the pats at two no surprise they're always either one or two they're always getting that um first round bye. um at three this is gonna this is gonna go against what you guys said. I have the Chargers at three uh, over the Jags at four. The, uh, now, hold on. The, the only reason I say that, because I think the Jags are a better team. The only reason I have the Chargers at three is just because they have a little bit of an easier schedule. Uh, the AFC West is playing the um, AFC uh, North this year. So you got the likes so, like, they'll be playing like the Bengals. Uh, they'll be playing the Browns. um the ravens and then the afc west is also playing the nfc west this year so like they'll be playing the seahawks the cardinals so i th- I just think they have a little bit of an easier schedule that's why i have them there um yeah and then for the uh fifth year they got the texans like i said like what i've seen on deshaun watson i think uh that defense if healthy we're gonna have a bounce back here and then the hot take that everybody is gonna say about I do have the Broncos at six. I think they get carried by. <laughs> I think they. I think they get carried by their their still elite defense. Um, I think Keenum does enough. Keenum in that offense does enough, and uh, gets them at six seed. Um, now like the one that I, that like I said is on the cusp for me is the Chiefs, but that is for another time. These are my predictions. Uh, Now we are going to take a little bit of a break from the NFL talk. Um, We'll try to speed things up for the NFC because we are running uh, a bit long here. But right now we're going to do Brennies in case you missed the segment. So go ahead and uh, take it away.
1: All right, guys, for the uh, fourth episode in a row, this uh, segment is brought to you by Nobody. All right, so in case you missed it, uh, we're going to start out uh, in Atlanta with Joseph Martinez. So as you guys know, he recently uh, has tied the Major League Soccer, um, the Major League Soccer uh, scoring record for goals in a single season. Um, And he has the chance to break that tonight, actually. So, in an interview recently with the uh, Atlanta Journal Constitution, he has stated, um, and keep in mind, this is like during like the big like transfer window period for like um, like European teams. Joseph Martinez has repeatedly state, uh, stated that he is not interested in playing overseas. That he loves Atlanta and wants to be with Atlanta as long as he can. Now, is this uh, – Joseph Martinez obviously is scoring on a record pace and there's no stopping him. Is there, uh, is this a good sign for Major League Soccer and um, the state of soccer in America in general?
2: I, I think uh, as somebody who has dabbled, I guess, would be the word in MLS this year more than usual, I think uh, what he's doing is, like, pretty awesome. I mean, Atlanta's a really good team. Um, still like a pretty new team in mls standards um you know i, I think uh I, I went to a game this year where he scored and uh he shushed the crowd and i swear to god he re- he looked directly in my eyes when he did that but uh yeah no the, the, the kid's a the guy's a baller and uh you know in mls standards at least and uh I think um, hopefully, like more players like him, like his talent level, his uh, finishing touch will will play in the MLS. And I like I, I like that he came out and said like you know I want to stay and uh, stuff like that because he's had really good success there. And you don't want to get things in the locker room all. Hey, apparently the ladies love him too. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, oh, man. But no, that's I, I think it's a good thing.
1: All right, you want to add anything really quick, Bobby?
2: I give nothing. I don't
0: follow it enough, but uh, good to hear that people actually like MLS more than like (laughs) Premier League or Liga or any of that.
1: Right, and it's it's happy like as an Atlanta United fan, that makes me happy to hear. Like this boy might be around for like you know four or five years, Mm -hmm. Um, and always I think it's overall I think it's a good sign if they have players like that, not just in Atlanta, but like in all of Major League Soccer in general. Yeah, I feel like it would definitely help the growth of the sport. All right, moving on. I don't know if you guys have heard, but um Denzel Ward was injured in a preseason game.
2: Yeah, last uh, night.
1: Yeah, last night. Uh and I'm not there's no telling how long he'll be out. I uh, don't think that there's been any confirmation yet if anyone can confirm that there, for me.
2: There there has not, no. Okay. So we at, don't know how time, long. Re- sorry, real quick. At time of recording, um there is not any information because like I said this literally happened last night.
1: Right, so we don't know how long he'll be out. It looks like it was a pretty serious injury. Um, however, that raises a previous argument uh, that John Harbaugh um, suggested um, last season, and it's starting to pick up a bit more conversation. Now, last season, John Harbaugh suggested that the preseason either gets shortened or gets completely eliminated. Because coaches believe that they can they can train their players hard enough to be ready for the first game of the season, and that the preseason is kind of unnecessary because by that point they kind of already know who's going to be a starter and a backup. Do you agree with what Jim Har- uh, with what John Harbaugh had to say about that? Because it's uh, starting to it's starting to pick back up a little bit, not just I, from him, but like all over the National Football League.
2: I. A hundred and fifty percent agree with that. I think it, it like players have been calling for this, especially this year. Like I feel like the last two years there's been like so many injuries in uh preseason. Um last night, if anybody missed it, the uh Browns played the Eagles in a barn burner of a game which ended five nothing. Um that's you know, whatever. But you know, uh I seen I actually seen the play uh he injured his back um it looks it looked pretty bad he did walk off under his own power which is good uh but yeah it, you know just like i feel like every day like there's a, another injury that comes out where a guy's missing the rest of the season and it's because of a preseason injury um <clears throat> excuse me uh i think it's i don't know i i just i think it at least needs to be short I, I, I
1: think if it was like if they started shortening it to like maybe like two or three games, I like I think most people would be okay with that. I I just get sick and tired of people like hearing about like a like I'm exaggerating, but I don't want to hear about a torn ACL in the four preseason game. Like yeah. that's that's awful.
2: so I I actually I'm trying to pull it up again because it was funny that now you brought it up but i just seen a headline and and i'm trying to find it but i think it was todd Gurley who's been sitting this preseason and he was asked like how's it been he's like it's great like and and i like other players are like yeah i wish i could do that too because like, he sat the whole preseason uh to avoid injury um it's it's just on un- like Look, I don't want to get rid of preseason games completely because I really do think, like, first of all, you have to cut players, so like it gives you an idea. But second of all, it kind of gets you in tune again for the football season. If they right. played like two, I'd be perfectly fine with that. You don't need to be killing these. Like dude, again, like I said, so many guys are missed for the year. That, right?
1: like it like if they if they were to um, cut two preseason games. Mm. Um, they would be able to play in a, an entirely new uh, division in this in the season,
2: right? Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. I that's my. I think we all kind of agree with that. Like the uh, the injuries are unbelievable. So um, yeah,
0: the problem.
2: Yeah, I agree with uh, with uh, John. I almost said Jim, which is his brother, <laughs> but John Harbaugh. Yeah.
1: Well, it's because Jim makes the headlines and John. Uh, doesn't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly that.
1: All right. So moving on. Last topic. Uh, talking about the World Cup in 2026. So as you guys know, the World Cup in 2022 is going to be held in Qatar. Um, controversial in itself because it's going to be held in like November and December. December. And, yep. And like, there's that whole bribery thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but in 2026, it's coming to North America. There's going to be uh 10 games held in Canada, 10 games in Mexico and then the rest of the games are going to be held in the United
0: States. You're damn right they will be.
1: Yeah, and that that includes all the uh um all the uh quarterfinal, semifinals and then the final. So the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is actually considered um to be at least at the very least a quarterfinal or a semifinal venue. And uh, but there's one problem that comes with that, and um, you guys may or may not know about this. FIFA is not a fan of artificial turf.
0: Yep. 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 <laughs> they
1: really are not. They really don't like this. Um, but the reason that Mercedes-Benz Stadium has artificial turf is because the Atlanta United shares their stadium with the Falcons, and most most football stadiums have artificial turf. Mm-hmm now um this mercedes benz stadium is not the only um world cup venue uh to have artificial turf there's about like a list of about 10 stadiums that also have turf um now this is um now this is obviously before uh there's a whole lot of planning for this world cup so one of two things could happen. One, um, FIFA could force them to temporarily use grass. I'm not sure how they can do that. Or FIFA could change their rules and say, okay, tur- like turf's okay. What do you guys think about that?
2: So, real quick, correct me if I'm wrong. I think... Sorry if anybody heard that. Uh, I think the... Uh, the final is already set for MetLife Stadium, correct? Or I am not sure. Yes. Let me double check that really quick just to make sure. So I'm pretty sure because that's been the venue for the, the it was the the uh, Copa America. Um that's where the final was held for that uh last what, last year? No, two years ago now. Um so yeah, I, I <laughs> it's it's an interesting thing because one thing you have to think about is like what these Like, um, I don't know how to like explain this. I guess, like, they're used to playing on a certain turf, I guess, um, especially for these big tournaments. I mean, I don't know how, like, if it's that big of a difference because, you know, the, the grass is pristine anyway. Um, it's like, you know, ice essentially out there, how smooth everything goes, but, um, Uh, the one thing about the that stadium is the mercedes-benz stadium is it's like one of the most beautiful stadiums right now and it holds a big capacity so i think that would be the draw for it because obviously uh i mean that that place would sell out i'm sure and it's a beautiful venue so really quick uh, if i may interrupt
1: yep so when uh the united the like the United bid um basically wants the final to be in MetLife Stadium. Mm-hmm. However, it is subject to FIFA approval. So there's uh it's not a hundred percent confirmed yet. Right. However, in like in the uh their bid for it, um they have like a list of like the playoff venues. One of them included Mercedes-Benz Stadium in like the semifinal. Um and then it has MetLife Stadium as the final venue. Uh, but that is subject to FIFA approval, despite the fact that the United bit has has already won. Um, So it is likely to be in MetLife Stadium, but it's not 100% yet.
2: Yeah, uh, well, and I'm going to say it's, yeah, like, likely. Like you said, like I said, the Copa America final was there, and I think, like, a lot of the big soccer uh, tournaments are usually held at MetLife, so uh, I expect it to be there. But, yeah, either way, I think, like, getting the mercedes benz uh excuse me stadium to be a part of it would be big like i said it's a beautiful new venue i think it's something that should be approved
1: right um so on, like it'll just it'll have to get a little bit of uh a little bit of time we're not going to know for sure um you know with the whole turf thing i sometimes i feel like that gives atlanta united like a slight advantage in major league soccer because they play their games on artificial turf, whereas a lot of Major League Soccer plays on grass.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: that's,
2: God. that's interesting. No, I was just thinking that's interesting you say that, like, as a fan. Because, uh, like, I don't <laughs> – to me, honestly, like, maybe it does make a difference, but I feel like it's just not that big of a difference. Like, because, like I said, the grass is still pristine. Like, it's – I feel I, – I know there's going to be a little bit of a different feel, but I just think, like uh, – I just I don't know. I feel like it wouldn't make that much of a difference. Alright,
1: well uh I guess if no one else has anything else to add, then I guess we can go ahead and uh wrap up that uh segment and we can move mm-hmm. on to our uh,
2: NFC previews. Yep, mm-hmm. so we'll do the same format as last time. We're gonna start with the NFC East. Um Bobby, uh floor is yours again.
0: okay. Um I, I think this one was pretty freaking easy. Yeah. Um, again, it's similar to the AFC East, uh, have the Eagles at the top. Again, there is literally no sign of them slowing down. Wentz is going to be back. You know, it's going to be interesting to see if he's the same Carson Wentz from last year. You know, he may be a little hesitant on the knee. Uh, but I, I think he's still going to be dominant. A lot of targets, you know, they're, they're, they're due for, they're due for another run, man. I'm, 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 I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, 2nd got the Skins. Uh, Really no reason for the rest of the NFC. Honestly, I just think the Redskins are going to be just the better team out of the three. And then rounding out Cowboys and Giants, respectively. Um, I, I, I see no potential in any of those two at all. I mean, the Cowboys have just completely flopped the past couple of years. It's, it's been a rough ride for them, uh, especially since they're without Dez. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think they got anything, so that's my NFCs.
1: All right. Well, surprisingly, me and Bobby actually completely agree on a division. Uh, mm-hmm. I um I have the Eagles number one, Redskins two, Cowboys three, Giants four. Um, like I feel like that the Eagles aren't going to be as good as um as per se like they were last season because of Carson Wentz. I feel like he might slightly hesitate. Like, don't get me wrong, I still have them at the top of the NFC, but I feel like there might be a less, um, I I feel like they will be a little bit um, less productive than they were last season. With that said, they will still be really good and definitely a Super Bowl contender. With the Redskins, honestly, the Redskins, I just see them as better than the Cowboys and the Giants, um, just because I don't, see the Cowboys and Giants really doing anything. Uh, Maybe pulling off an upset win here and there in the season, but like having nothing to show for. Uh, And then the Cowboys have got three, and then the Giants four. I feel like maybe the Giants and Cowboys could switch at some point, but uh, with this division, it's kind of hard to tell, uh, except with the Eagles on the top. So, yeah.
2: And unsurprisingly, I have different uh, I have – I'm differing opinions on these guys. Uh, one thing I'm not differing on is Eagles are definitely top. They're the best team in this division, <laughs> no doubt. Um, you know, they, they have it all. Uh, Carson Wentz will be back. It's going to be interesting to see if he's ready for the start of the season. That that would be the only thing that really throws them. But, um, yeah, I'll keep it short with these guys. It's their division. Number two, I have the Cowboys. Um, I, I you know I think Zeke alone can carry this team above the Giants to Redskins because I just don't see like the Giants. I'll, I'll just say I have the Giants who say the, through through Jesus at three, the Redskins at four. Um, I think with the Cowboys, I think they just have a little bit more. I I like Dak. I know a lot of people don't, but um, I like oh, Dak. I have them at two, at three, I have Overrated. the Giants. Well, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, at three, I have the Giants. Uh, I think uh, Saquon. I think he'll have a decent year. The, the only thing with him is like their offensive line isn't great, so we'll see how much yardage he gets. Um, you know, I think honestly between the Giants and the Redskins, it could be a toss up. I have the Redskins at four for the only reason that, um, I you know with them losing Kirk is big. I know they have Alex Smith now, who's still a good quarterback, but he's aging. They don't have the um, you know, what they, they, I remember a few years ago, the Redskins were talked about as one of like the better teams in the NFC East, but I just don't see it anymore. Uh, obviously we mentioned earlier, lost Darius Geis to the, uh, ACL injury in preseason who I thought he dropped in this draft, uh, in the last draft because of his off the field issues, but he's a amazing player on the field. I thought he could have helped. Uh, He's out, so I have the Redskins at four. Uh, But, yeah, we'll move on to the NFC North now. Uh, And, Bobby, uh, what are your rankings? Uh,
0: For the NFC North, uh, unsurprising, Vikings, again, so a strong team. Uh, Man, it must have sucked for them last year. Dear God. Mm -hmm. Losing to the Eagles and then having to, you know, the big thing was the Eagles going to the Super Bowl and then, Having to put the Eagles, you know, logo and turret down, uh, you know, on the end zone, and then the Eagles winning in the same stadium, uh, so I think they have a uh, bit of a, a score to settle coming back. So, um, and they're definitely the best in the North by far. Uh, second, I got the Lions uh, again, no reason. Uh, Packers in third. I know there's been a little more talk with them, a uh, talk about them recently. Uh, might be a team that we start making a run, but uh, not sold on it yet, to be quite honest. Aaron Rodgers is still a great quarterback, by the way, though. So uh, he just definitely lost of some of his targets. Yep. So, uh, but I have them in there right now. Uh, and then fourth, the Bears. There's literally nothing to talk about. I see nothing.
2: They're young. They're on the rise. <laughs> yeah,
0: but not not now. They'll, yeah, they'll be the talk in maybe a couple seasons, but yeah, I agree. This, this season ain't it. So that is my NSV North. All right, my
1: team, North. All right, so I've got the Vikings at uh, number one because I feel like, lo and behold, they are the uh, best team in the division. Um, mm. Not necessarily by far, um, but I, I don't really see how any other team could compete with them in the division. Number two, I've got the Lions, and hear me out. So last season, the Lions, they started out 2-0. and Everyone was high on them, every single one. Uh, and then in week three, they play the Falcons and it appears that, uh, I think it was Golden Tate, uh, Golden Tate appeared to have, um, got the game winning touchdown against the Falcons, uh, (laughs) uh, with eight seconds left on the clock. Um, the, they reviewed it and they said it wasn't, they said it wasn't, um, let's see. They said it was one yard short, I think. Yep. So um, they went to review it. They said it was one yard short. Um, they changed the ruling to one yard short. But then um, apparently if, um, if they go back to a running clock, a 10-second runoff is required. So the game officially ended with the Falcons winning 30-26. And from that point on, I'm pretty sure the Lions were completely demoralized and only was they were like they were not able to basically finish finish off that season with the with the expectations that they had. And I think that game had a lot to do with it. Um and I know like it's it's hard to pinpoint exactly, you know, when a season collapsed for one team, but I think that early in the season, um, I definitely think they um, didn't have that same kind of firepower that they did in week 1 and week 2. Um, and I think if they are able to finish out games, they address the offensive line really well in the in the draft I thought uh which is why I have them at 2 especially if they can finish off the games and if they can improve off of what they did last season. I don't see I don't um I don't see how they um can exactly take the division, but I have them as almost a lock for a wild card spot. Um, And that's why I have an alliance. Now the Packers, um, it's hard to tell with the Packers exactly where, um, what, what's going to happen with them because let's be honest. I mean, last season was weird for the Packers. No (laughs) one expected them to just be flat, you know, not good. And there's no telling, Um, you know, there wasn't really a whole lot of things that they addressed during the off season. I don't feel like at least Um, I think the biggest thing that they got, um, let's see. uh, I'm just going through right now. Um, They got a couple cornerbacks in the draft. They got Alexander, Josh Jackson, um, and a few other dudes. Um, But it's hard. It's hard to pinpoint for me a reason for them to like, Make a big jump in twenty eighteen that's why I have them at three and then the bears um i I'm not really sold on uh Mitch trubisky until uh until he be uh, until he gets a good team around him to say the least um so I have the bears at number four
2: all right and then i'll uh do mine real quick uh the vikings I have a number one um that team was insane last year and they just got better. I was, you know, I adding Kirk cousins, uh, to any team is going to make them better. Um, and then, you know, they made some other additions. Uh, you know, I'm looking back at the stats now from last year. It's crazy because they were number one in net total yards, uh, allowed, by the way, I'm getting all these stats from ESPN. Um, Uh, You know, I know they're all out there, but I just want to put that out there so I don't get myself in trouble. Uh, So they were number one in in net total yards allowed. Uh, Number two in pass yards allowed. Number two in rush yards allowed. And number one in points allowed. Like this team was solid all around on defense. Um, They, you know, they continue to get better. I don't see them not winning this division. Number two, you got Packers. And for the pure reason, I think Aaron Rodgers is literally going to drag this team, uh, and just put him on his back. Uh, last year he had the injury, which kind of derailed their season. Um, but yeah, I think he if if he's healthy the whole year, which hopefully he is. I love watching Aaron Rodgers. I think he just carries that team uh, into the playoffs on his back. Uh, I have the Lions at number three. Uh, like Brandy said, like I actually really like the direction of this team's going. It's just that they're in a really good division. Um, you know, I, I like third the players they drafted. I always like Matt Stafford. The dude, the dude has a rocket arm. And uh, but I just have them in number three, just because of the division they're in. Bears in number four. Like I said before, I like the way they're going. They made some nice additions this offseason. Got Allen Robinson at wide receiver. Um, but yeah, just a young team, and they uh, and you know they'll still take a few years. Uh, next, we're going to go to the NFC South, which uh, a lot of debate around this uh, yesterday when we were talking about it. Uh, Bobby, go ahead with your NFC South rankings.
1: Well,
0: oh, well, I uh, as this will make Randy happy. I have the Falcons taking the NFC South. Um, don't think they get enough love nowadays. They really don't. Uh, I don't think they are a top playoff contender, but uh, it, it, in, the, in, the, in the division, I think, uh, you know, they got it locked down, uh, rounding it out. I have the saints and the Panthers, which, uh, those are two teams that could easily be a, uh, dark horse playoff team. Uh, I'm convinced of that. Saints are on the rise again. Panthers have always been this really, they're kind of like the chiefs, right? Like they, yeah. they're are an, another team where you know they went to the Super Bowl, uh, and Tyler kicked their ass,
2: and I, kick, I kicked their ass. Yep, you did.
0: Uh, and then they kind of fell off, but then they're this team that's always just there. They're always in the picture, but they're still not like championship caliber. You know what I mean? Like still right. a solid contender, uh, and a team I have in the wild card, but I, you know. So I don't think they got it yet, but they're they're really they're in such a weird state. It's just odd to me. And they rounding it out, got the Bucks, but the Bucks uh, can easily—they're uh, a team that's been getting a lot of traction too. So who knows where we'll end up in a season or two from now? But that is my answer. Man, you
1: remember when everyone was so high on the Bucks last season? Yeah, I, I, to be
0: to be six. fair, I kind of was too, but I they were gonna fall. I mean,
1: I didn't see why everyone was high on them. No, I just I, I just saw like, like yeah, they had another year of like young productivity under their belt, but I, I didn't see them even making the playoffs.
2: So yeah. I have a, I have a theory on this, uh, and I, I honestly think this is why the Bucks were on hard knocks last year. And got a lot of love on Hard Knocks, <laughs> and I think I'm serious about this. I really think like people are like, "Oh yeah, I'm kind of high on them." Because this a lot episode of, of the are... Complay
0: Podcast, brought to you by Hard Knocks, watch <laughs> now on HBO and <laughs> HBO Go.
2: But no, I, I think that's why. But yeah, sorry, I just needed to add that in there. Yep, yeah. very good.
1: So NFC South, um, that's obviously the division I like study hardcore to the uh, to the end because it's got my team, the Falcons, and then. Uh, every other team, I also study intently to know if they are going to shit on my team or not. So I've got the Falcons at the top of the division. Um, I don't necessarily have a win total for them. I maybe maybe like eleven. That's probably where I put them at. Um, because if I believe with another year under Steve Sarkisian's belt, see, Matt Ryan had twelve like twelve interceptions I think last year. About half of them weren't his fault because they, like, went through receiver's hands or they were tipped, like, balls that should have been caught but weren't. I believe with another year under his belt, that will happen, um, hopefully, less often. So um, that's why I have them on top of the division. Um, and then it's hard to tell exactly um, the rest of the division what what I believe is going to happen uh i have the saints as the as the as the two because um i'm not sold on the panthers at all i believe they had a you know i believe they had a good run um back in their super bowl season only to get shit on by the broncos and cam Newton didn't dive on the fucking ball um and i believe since then the team has always been the team that that should have but didn't uh so i have the saints at two and then the panthers at three uh and then the buccaneers um like i've said i've studied this division so much i don't understand why people are so high on the bucks i know like the hype for them isn't as strong this season as last season um, but I don't see them as even a fringe playoff contender. Um, I don't. I also don't see them as terrible, though. Um, I'm. I. I don't think it's completely far fetched to say like every team in this division will have probably above seven wins. Um. So that's those are my AFC or NFC South predictions. I got Falcons one, Saints two, Panthers three, and Bucks four.
2: All right, and I'll With the Saints up. taking a wild card spot, by the way. Okay. Uh yeah, I'll round it off. I have a little bit different. I have the Saints winning this division. Um their offensive firepower is insane. And Alvin <clears throat> excuse me, Alvin Kamara was pleasantly one of the, you know, the better players last year. He was electrifying on offense. Love to watch him. Uh Drew Brees is still doing it. Um I think, you know, I again like it's weird to say Drew Brees is underrated, but like I consider him one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and like I don't know, I just feel like everybody goes to somebody else for like best quarterback. So I don't. Either way, that's here nor there. Um, I have the Falcons at number two, and I'll let you guys know something before we started recording. I had them at three and out of the playoffs, and that caused a lot of controversy around here. Uh, but looking into it a little bit more, <laughs> I knew it's going. <laughs> Um, uh, looking into it a little bit more, you know, I think it, my, my big thing for why I like the Panthers before was I liked their additions on offense this off season. I, uh, you still got Devin Funchess there, who I think is, uh, you know, a, a very, really good option. Um, they have, uh, they had CJ Anderson come in from the Broncos, which is tough to see, but I like him. Uh, Cam Newton, uh, that dual threat of passing and running, I think is always hard. And then Greg Olson, one of the better tight ends in the league. Uh, and then I look at their defense and look, I think, I don't think their defense is bad by no means. Like they still have Luke Keekley, Shaq Thompson, Thomas Davis, stuff like that. It's just their secondary. I really worry about you got, you know, uh, just, I just don't like their corners, man. That, that was the big thing for me. Um they did add Don Poe from the Falcons. I do like that addition. Uh, but you know, overall, I think the Falcons have one of the, you know, they have one of the best offensive lines, uh, from pro football focus. Uh, they do rankings on like basically everything. And, uh, they have the, from last year, uh, the Atlanta Falcons had the number two ranked, um, offensive line. Here's, now, my only concern with the Falcons is, and this is not their fault, but they have a really unfortunate schedule. Um, their first three games are all against playoff teams in the uh, and good playoff teams at that. Uh, they have the Eagles week one. They have, sorry, let me bring it up again real quick. Brundy, I don't even know if you know off the top of their head, but I think they have the Eagles, Vikings, and Saints, I want to say. Right. Um, so that's a pretty unfortunate start. Uh, for any team and that's that's one of the reasons I'm glad we get the
1: Eagles in week one though. I'd rather get them in yeah, expect- week one than like in week nine or ten.
2: Yeah. Expe- especially since like you don't know about Carson once. I'm sorry. So they have the Eagles, Panthers, Saints. So all playoff teams last year. Um and then the other weird thing about them is that the the five of the first seven games are all home which is fine and dandy, but that means their back half is going to be loaded with away games and tough matchups of that. They have the stint where three of um, four games is away games, and then they have a matchup with the Packers on December 9th in Lambeau, and you know it's going to be like negative 20 with 40-mile-per-hour wins. So there you go. You have that. Uh, they lost uh, Adrian Claiborne and Dontari Terry Poe, uh, respectively. Claiborne going to the Patriots, Poe to the Panthers. Um, but they still have an amazing defense. Uh, Obviously the offense, uh, the offensive line. Uh, So obviously, like I said, I had them out before, but I came to my senses and I put them at second. I just like the Saints more, man. Like I just think that offense, and it's always something with the Saints. Like I always feel like they just have something about them. So I have them at one, Falcon at two, Panthers at three, and Bucks are ending it out at four. Um, Bucks just quickly interesting. Obviously they're gonna have they're gonna be without Jameis Winston for the two games for the suspension to start the season. Those are gonna be a rough two games for them. <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah we'll see. But moving on, uh we have the last uh division. Um we have the NFC West and uh yep, Bobby, all you
0: alrighty. Uh I don't think th- this one was too hard either. Uh I got the Rams at the top um decent season last year so things are just gonna you know riding this wave uh into the playoffs and they're they're a solid team i i'm you know there's really no downfall of them at the moment uh not super bowl by any means but definitely uh a thorn in the side for any playoff team uh and then i got the seahawks which they've been man what a fall from grace yeah, I no. what, what a bad fall from grace, but uh, still better than the rest of the team's division. So I have them in second uh, and missing the playoffs, Steven, uh, as well. Uh, and then rounding it out, got the Cardinals and the 49ers. Uh, really nothing in sight for them. Uh, yeah, that rounds up my NFC West. I don't have any in-depth opinions on this one, so but that, that's, that's really what I can come up with and gather from, uh, from these four teams. So that's my NFC West.
1: Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot of insight on this division either because I personally think it's the least interesting division in football. Right now.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I have, except for the Rams. Like the the Rams, like they're pretty interesting. I, I'm not gonna lie. I have them at number one.
0: That's pretty. And
1: then I have the Seahawks at two. Like, I'm sorry, Legion of Boom is over. It's not coming back.
0: Like, nope.
1: Seahawks. They're they're the team that should have but didn't. Um, <laughs> and and, the and stupid then stupid green jersey. I, I've got the 49ers at 3 um just because of Jimmy G um, and, and simple that, as that and that's uh it because of Jimmy G and the fact that the Cardinals uh just the Cardinals don't really have anything um so I, I would have Rams 1, Seahawks 2, 49ers 3, Cardinals 4.
2: And I'll round it out no surprise I got the Rams at number 1 uh they are legit, man. That's a good team, and they only got better this off season. They added Akeem Tlaib, Marcus Peters, uh, Brandon Cooks. Like it, the team just got better. It, and Sue, Like I can go on and on. Like that team is legit. Uh, now where I differ from you guys, and you know this is where you guys got it wrong. The Forty ers are not the Forty ers of old. They got Jimmy G at the helm. They are they are a team to be reckoned with in a few years. Not now. But in a few years looking out for that team. I got that at number two. I'm talking about now. Number three. Hey, man, I'm just saying. I got them at two now.
0: But yeah, it, you know what? It's not. Hey. It's not that hot of a take. I'm. I'm kind of with you. I mean, Jimmy G proved that he is a, he a force play. to be reckoned with. He can absolutely throw and play. I am not biased because he was a Patriot. He. He. I think he <laughs> proved to everybody. I'm. I'm. I'm serious. So I. I'm not against that. That call one bit.
2: Uh, I have the Seahawks at number three. The only thing I see like okay, they I, they still have some pieces on defense. Um by the way, Richard Sherman went to the forty ers Big addition there. Yeah, uh, I
0: I I was I accidentally said fifth instead of Richard Sherman. I don't know why I said Larry but Larry Fitz is still playing for the fucking Cardinals. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I got them mixed up for some reason. I don't know. Same uh,
2: so yeah, I have the Seahawks at third. I mean, I think Russell Wilson is an MVP caliber quarterback. It's just the yeah. problem with him is he has nobody around him. No one. They have, they have Doug Baldwin, which is, he's a top receiver, but that offensive line blows. The defense is uh, regressing, so I have them at four or three rather, and four I have the Cardinals. Um, the thing with the Cardinals, is they're a kind of interest, interesting case. They just drafted Josh Rosen uh, this, uh, you know, in the draft, and he could be somebody who a quarterback. You know, he was at. Earlier in the year, he was the top-ranked quarterback, and then he ended up being, I think, the fourth quarterback selected. So hopefully he'll develop. But they have, like, some star players. Like, they have David Johnson, one of the best running backs in the league. They have Patrick Peterson, one of the best corners in the league. Um, and then they have Chandler Jones in the defensive line, who is, uh, you know, one of, like an, a pro baller himself. So they have – they're an interesting case because they have, like, a couple really big, you know, superstars – you know, if they can build around that, they could have a solid team in a few years, but that's for another time. Uh so now uh we will quickly look at the playoff picture for the NFC and then we will wrap up the show with uh giving our Super Bowl pick. Um so Bobby, what is your NFC playoff picture looking like?
0: All right. I got the Eagles winning the NFC or autopsy of the NFC I should say, but my super Bowl, uh, as well. But anyway. Uh, I, I still think no one can really uh, touch them. they're still a super strong team any force to be reckoned with and I just don't see any slowdown from this team they're riding a huge high from the Super Bowl and I, I really don't think there's going to be anything that's going to be uh, crashing on them anytime soon uh, number two, got the Vikings uh, again, like I said earlier still a very strong team and they may have uh, some revenge on their mind so uh, they'll be a team to keep an eye on uh, number three, I got the Rams. Again, solid team. Going to be a solid playoff contender when the postseason comes around. Uh, number four, I got the Falcons. Uh, don't think they'll go too far besides that, but they're definitely going to win their division and make the playoffs regardless. And rounding out the wild card, I actually have the Saints and the Panthers, respectively, as the wild card. And that'll be my NFC. All
1: right, Brad. All right, so for my NFC, um, here's what I got. I got the Eagles at number one. Uh I don't necessarily see them in the Super Bowl um because I feel like there are other teams that could compete with them when it comes to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh number 2 I got the Falcons um and I'll explain why in a minute. Uh number 3 Rams um I think they're a very well built team and I think um obviously they'll come out in the division at the top. Vikings at number 4 and then my wild card I got the Lions and Saints. Reason I have the Falcons so high is because I really believe that second year offense is going to come through. Uh similar to how it did um, similar to how it did under uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, Super Bowl team second year new offense uh, after a struggling after the first year. Uh, I have um, the Falcons going to the Super Bowl um, and I have them I have them losing. I have them losing <laughs> to the Steelers in the and the Super Bowl. All
2: right. And uh, I'll give my playoff picture real quick now. Get ready for the hot take, uh, but, but I don't think it's much of a hot take. But you guys, I know Will, I do not have the Eagles at one. I do not have the Eagles at two. So that there's ah, I have the Rams at number one. Uh, <laughs> I I really like you them. believe like said, in this team. I do. I love Jared Goff. I uh, again another strong arm QB. I like the weapons they have. Number two, the Vikings. That defense is insane. Um, yeah, I think it carries them. By the way, one thing I gotta say, the NFC is so much stronger than the AFC. It's oh, ridiculous. by a mile, by a mile. <laughs> uh, number three, I have the Eagles. Now, the reason I have the Eagles at three is because, and this is literally the only reason. I just I'm worried about Carson Wentz at the start of the season. Like, if he doesn't play, like, the first, like, week one, week two, week three, or whatever, like, you know, obviously it's not going to hurt for them. Like, this this play picture is not what I think is going to happen to the playoffs. I just think if he misses the first couple games, uh, they have a chance to drop below them. So I have them at three. Uh, Saints at four. Um, Winning the AFC South, they get four. Uh, I have the Falcons at five. And then I have the Packers at six uh literally being carried by Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> so, Bobby, I'll have you give your Super Bowl pick first. Obviously, Brendan, you just gave his, and then I'll mm-hmm. I'll give mine after you. Okay.
0: So, cool. on the AFC side, uh, I I have the Steelers. Um, I'm going against what what I feel is the right answer, but <laughs> um. I I don't know uh, I don't I definitely don't feel as comfortable at least right now um, with the Pats uh, even though I love them to death and I still believe they're going to be you know the possibility of them going back still exists um, I just I I think I guess what I'm afraid of is the Steelers making a, a huge run since you know Le'Veon Bell last year and they still have their their good. They're they're good offense, right? Like that, they're they're scary. They're a team I am legitimately scared of. So I I have the feeling that they'll they'll get revenge on Jacksonville and they'll end up being the Patriots and going to the Super Bowl as AFC champs. On the NFC side, uh, I have the Eagles going back. I I seriously think they have all the holes plugged in, it, it, and this does, as you said, depend on Carson Wentz. If he's able to play the way he did last year and stay healthy, he's they're going back. I just don't. See Should how really
1: the biggest um opponent to their
0: Super Bowl run the uh, the Vikings or mm, yeah the, I would say the Vikings I know I, the Rams are a close second uh but definitely the Vikings uh like I said earlier they're still a very strong contender uh I definitely have the Eagles going back in. as for the winner I have if Carson Wentz stays and is healthy and gets back into his Carson wentz self. <laughs> uh, I have Eagles as repeat champs, um, but it will be if it's them and the Steelers, it will be a slugfest.
2: That would be interesting. That'd be a battle of Pennsylvania. But yes, it uh, would, and you
0: know damn well I am cheering for Philly. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, Dear so, God, I uh, I'm gonna go. We're gonna go three for three here on the AFC side. I got the Steelers. Um, I think that offense is just too potent. Uh, I mm-hmm. do worry about their defense, uh, especially with Ryan Shazir going to be out for the, the year. Um, obviously, that was a big story. We don't know if he'll ever return the football, but he's going to be definitely be out this year. That's a big hole for their middle linebacker. Uh, I just think that offense will carry them. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I'm riding with them, baby. I'm <laughs> going L.A. Rams. Wow, man. I'm going L.A. Rams behind Todd Gurley, <laughs> Jared Goff. Uh, that unbelievable defense, and uh, I'm actually going to pick the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Wow. Uh, yep.
0: Oh, my God.
2: And uh, and, <laughs> and I wasn't sure if you guys were going to pick a score. I don't know why I would pick the score this early, but I just had no, to pick a score. Yeah, I don't know why I did. You know, 28-24. So, if, yeah. this, if this actually happens and I pick the score right from preseason, I think I'd be
0: Really? That low scoring of a game, too? Really?
2: 28-24, I mean,
0: I don't know. I mean, not low, but I, I would have I thought that would have been a very back-and-forth offensive battle.
2: Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I, I just really believe in the Rams, so um, yeah, there you go. Uh, So that is it, guys. No, Brendan
0: didn't give his. Brendan didn't give his. Yeah, he did. Oh, didn't he? he, he, did oh, he? Before,
2: okay. yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, He picked the...
0: I didn't know if we were going to have him elaborate.
1: I, I picked it just to... I. I picked the Steelers and the Falcons in the Super Bowl. I picked the Steelers to win,
0: despite the
1: fact that Atlanta's playing in their home stadium.
0: Okay, I didn't think he elaborated, so that's why I just want to make sure he's got his due diligence. Okay.
2: Yep, Yep. so uh, that is it, guys. Uh, I know this is a really long podcast, but that seems like the way it's going for us. Uh, You know, it's a lot of fun. We like to elaborate, so that's why. Um, But we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, we haven't decided what we're talking about, but that'll be, uh, figured out. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys then. I appreciate, uh, everybody who listens, uh, like the video. If you liked it, subscribe if you haven't already. <laughs> and, uh, smash we'll that subscribe then. button. Shut yeah, up. Smash hate, that I like button. That. Smash
0: that like button.
2: But anyway, we'll see you guys later. Peace.